Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. I do not want a cookie, although it is my... I'm Elaine. I'm Kylie. I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy, and I'm opening some candy. <laughs> Drama and romance, and we'll probably have a cookie. <laughs> I have action adventure. John was desperately chewing that cookie down. <laughs> so we take turns selecting from our movie genres, movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these films on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. Today's pick on the podcast is Lane's <laughs> pick. <laughs> it's Captain Ron. You know what you're thinking? All the movies you can pick in the entire world. Any movie in the world. Not Jaws. Any movie in the world. <laughs> not Gone 60 Seconds. Any movie you can think of. Not Varsity Blues. Ooh, Varsity Blues. Not, <laughs> not Wrath of Khan. Which we went and saw in the theater, which yeah. was a really good time. It was. Mm-hmm. was it? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody have fun but you. <laughs> Everybody. I wanted to pick a movie that I just felt like would be fun. Because it's my birthday and I want to have fun. Pick whatever movie you want. But I, I feel didn't. like you could pick this movie whenever. No, because it's a comedy. John could pick this movie whenever. It's an adventure. I thought comedies were open ground for all so of us. So did I. No. If it's a comedy. I'm, this is the movie I wanted to do. I can pick whatever I want and I wanted to do Captain Ron. It doesn't fit in my genre and this is what I hey, wanted to do. Hey, Why nice. are you giving me shit? That's I like your eye makeup today. I like your eye makeup. Really, because it turned out like garbage, and my makeup looks cake. Yeah, I think I must wash the whole thing off. I think you look no, beautiful. I like the copper. Yeah, see. Would you like? A they, they don't. They're no. so drunk. We don't. Know. <laughs> and we are drunk. We're a little bit drunk. This is. I just wanted to do a movie that makes me we're happy. Currently a little, we're currently We're like three sheets and eating Keebler cookies. And so, this movie this makes me happy. What? They're giving me so much <laughs> shit. It's totally. the thing, guys. It's huh? Elaine's birthday and she picks whatever she wants. Right. But what you're saying, it's Elaine her party, is she the only sober to? person at the table. <laughs> so this episode could be interesting. <laughs> or it's... not. Depends on how we're feeling. <laughs> what also is going to happen is after we're done uh, recording this, Tony and Carly are going to have to stay here for a couple hours because they're both drinking. <laughs> are you still drinking? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I thought he had stopped and I was no, still drinking. He... Whoops. No. <laughs> All right. So they're going to be able to get a hammock in the back. We'll be all right. Yeah, we got a hammock. We'll just watch a movie. Ooh, Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) I called it. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, I'm always down for Thor Ragnarok. But today we're talking about Captain Ron. Piss off, ghost. From (laughs) 1992. Serta, son of a bitch. No, stop it. (laughs) I love this movie. Who watched it in the theater? I did, I think. This movie? <laughs> Captain Ron? I think I did too. I'm, I'm, I need to move this. I'm sorry. I was eight. I think I might have. My dad loves this movie. My dad loves Kurt Russell. Uh, who doesn't love Kurt Russell? This movie I saw a lot. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, welcome back to the podcast, Kurt Russell. All right, so. Yeah, you should start talking. I am. What did you think going in, John? Wow, that's early. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Captain Ron for your birthday pick? Isn't that the movie about uh, your parents playing hide the slime in the shower there, boss? <laughs> or a swab? Okay. All right, Tony? I was like, Captain Ron? 
You can pick any movie you want. <laughs> I have 11 movies I would pick before Captain Ron. Oh, what are some of those? Shaggy oh. and Cash. Nice. Kurt Guardians Russell 2. Movie, specifically. The Thing. Tombstone. Oh, Big Trouble in Little China. That should have been number one. Escape from New York. Good 3,000 Miles to Graceland. I don't like no, that, that was movie. Terrible. Soldier. That was okay. Backdraft. No. The Hateful Eight and Stargate. Some of those are on the podcast. We already. did two of those already. I'm just. I think we did three of those. We did already. three of those. I do them again. Tango and Cash, Stargate, and Big Trouble Will China. I Guardians forgot we did Tango and Gar- Cash. <laughs> Carly, Guardians of the Galaxy two. Four. four. We've done four. I forgot we did Tango and Cash. <laughs> All right. What do you, you remember that Tony borrowed Tango and Cash, and then he went home and realized he has his own copy of Tango and Cash, and it took him six months to bring back Tango and Cash. I said I was sorry. He said he already had a copy and still kept ours. He still has a copy of the paycheck. I'm not even sure. I have paycheck still. I haven't watched it. I'm still not sure if he actually brought back the DVD because I haven't opened it yet. Oh, God. <laughs> you should check because we know that he keeps movies. Speaking of that, I'll be Jack Frost 2 in there. I'll be right back. Saying, That's I'll, mean. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'll like, be right back. We went Talk to about watch yourself. The Incredible Hulk for my episode, mm-hmm. and I took. I had to open the player. We, we were using Amanda's Xbox. Mm-hmm. What was in it? Jennifer's body. He's checking. <laughs> he's, he's checking. <laughs> and then I have to figure out which case I can okay. put that in. Carly, while you're talking, Anyways, tell us what you thought before we watch it. I thought, never heard of it. I hope it's not terrible. Then I saw the picture where we went to rent it on Voodoo because we do not own this movie. I was like, oh, it looks like it's going to be it, terrible. Is it the right, the right DVD? <laughs> so I was thinking, I'm happy to report that it's Captain. Did I already do mine? No. That this is, in fact, Tango and Cash. Okay. Well, all right. Good. All right. Good. Now I kind of wish was I would have switched it for something. Was some. it Tony's or yours? We'll never know. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. It sounds like our son is home, so we're going to need to close the door to the podcast room. Okay. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> John left. John shut himself on the wrong side of the door. Okay. So <laughs> this I'm movie sorry. definitely qualifies as underappreciated. Yes. So like a 23%. It, I was like, holy shit, it, what is this movie going to be? It has a 39 Metacritic score. It has a 23% thermometer. It has a 51% audience score and a 5.7 overall on IMDb. It had a budget of $24 million and it made 225 <laughs> In but, every sense, this movie look, is underappreciated. I just was... If think, it's good, is what I was thinking going the in thing here. Is, the thing is, I was looking at movies and I was just kind of going through movies that I really, that we own and that I just really like. And there was a bunch that are from the 80s and 90s that don't really fit in any of the genres that we do. And I wanted to watch one and I thought it would be fun to talk about on the podcast that I you love Captain You don't have Ron. to justify your birthday cake. No. I was just curious. I know you guys were being jerks. No, no, no. <laughs> I figured it had a... Sentimental. It's a sentimental feeling and, and nostalgia from your youth. And, and you're hooked I, on a feeling. And I was thinking about this. I've watched this movie a ton. My dad loved Kurt Russell. This is one of those movies we watched that played a lot in my yeah. house. You know what movie up. you should have picked that your father loves? Streets of Fire. <laughs> She's not going to pick that. She doesn't like She's that. going nowhere fast. I've thought about picking Streets of Fire for your birthday Ooh, just snap. so... I could get it over with, but I don't want to have to watch it close enough to take notes. Oh, shit. So, true story, last night Elaine was working late, and I was like, oh, what should I do? Uh, Streets of Fire, yes, I will. I watched Streets of Fire last night, as a matter of fact, with my friend Tom Cody. Wow. Okay. It's a great movie. You'll you'll learn about it eventually. Speaking of Toms, the man who directed this film's name was Tom Eberhardt. I have a cousin named Tom. He also was one of the people who wrote this script, along with his 
friend, I assume his friend John, or somebody John named John Dwyer, who's never written anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so probably his friend. Yeah. Tom Everhart has not really done anything else. He also directed Without a Clue, which is a British Sherlock Holmes movie mm. that yeah. looks really fucking good. I can't. Yeah. I didn't write down who was in it, but um, it doesn't matter. We won't have to worry about it. But it it looked really really good because it was about the premise of Without a Clue is it's Sherlock and Doctor Watson, but in this movie Sherlock is kind of incompetent and everything is really Doctor Watson. Oh, I might have seen that. that it sounds, looks really good. That sounds like dog trash. Oh, <laughs> it just it looked like it would be fun. Because everybody knows that Sherlock is fucking Sherlock. This movie is, of course, starring, welcome back to the podcast, Kurt Russell from Stargate, we've already Tango about and Cash, four movies that we've Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. 2, um, Stargate, Trouble, Little China, Escape from New York, 3,000 Miles to Graceland, Soldier, Backdraft, Hateful Eight, and, well, you already said Stargate. You know, right. Some of those movies may be done on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure 3,000 Miles to Graceland is never going to grace our podcast. Uh, I like that movie. You don't like that movie? No. Really? You know what he really? said? Do you know what? The only reason, the only way that's going to get done is if someone has a Kevin Costner podcast. I don't like that movie. Really? But John I, John keeps saying he doesn't like that movie, but I think he does because he's watched it more than once. And it's we own it. not that bad. Funny story about that movie. And that movie is starring a young David Arquette. David Arquette was the WCW champion at the time. That was being filmed. It's about... That's all you know Two about that movie. Two guys who are Elvis's kids, maybe. No, one of them is Elvis's kid. Love child. They're Christian Slater um, is also Kevin Costner. I forget who else. I don't know. Somebody's a murderer. Evidently, David no. Arquette. Oh God, Jesus Christ! You guys are killing me here. It's about a stick-up. They're robbers, okay? They go rob a place, but they're all dressed like Elvis impersonators uh-huh. to try to throw them off. Mm-hmm. One of them is actually Elvis's kid. It's pretty good. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> all right, this movie. <laughs> Kurt Russell, <laughs> Kurt Russell actually already had a movie where he plays Elvis. <laughs> oh, shit. It's dog track. We talked it's, about it. It's decent. All right, so Mark. Me and Will talked about it. We this both agree. movie, other people in this movie oh. are Martin Short. Three Amigos. Who Never plays heard of them. the character <laughs> of Martin Harvey, who's from The Three Amigos, or Inner Space, a movie that Tony wanted me to do, and I have looked so more than once. So many times. Oh, look, no. look. When we started watching you this know movie, we saw Martin Short, and I said, that guy looks familiar. And Tony like, goes, what? Martin Short looks familiar? He's like, like, have you ever seen Father Martin of the Bride? Father of the Bride, when he plays Honk. Yeah. Yes, I have. Or a future podcast episode, someday I'm actually going to pick it, Treasure Planet. But not Inner Space. <laughs> Which is a good movie. Elaine is also from the future for this episode. You know I was what? from the future last episode. I know that Tony said that he hasn't revealed his birthday pick for me yet, but you know, he probably could pick Inner Space. <laughs> Especially since the movie I picked is underappreciated. He could just pick an appreciated movie. That is a very good point. Let me All check right. the IMDb. <laughs> I'm really certain that Inner Space is not underappreciated. It's not. It's that's why I haven't done it. All right, it that's also stars. <laughs> no, it's a good movie. It's got Dennis Quaid and. Uh... Oh, shit. 82%. <laughs> that might be why she's not done. Yeah. Like, it's overly. Uh, everybody loves that movie and it made a shitload of money. It's real good. All right. It I also has it. Mary Kate Place. You can't see Friends, but my face is just shocked. I'm sorry, you were talking? It also uh, stars Mary Kay Place as Catherine Harvey. She played um, Julie's mom in Julie and Julia. That's funny because Stacy's mom's really and got it going she on. she's also in Private Benjamin. <laughs> That's all I want. She's also in another I, great I movie. I waited for so long. Private Benjamin. 
Uh, I'm going to have a lot of trouble hurting the cats today. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Private Benjamin is a movie with Goldie Hawn. Where right. She joins the army. It's wow, great. yeah. She can't do interspace uh, at all. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it cost $4 million and made twenty five. <laughs> also, starring... Wise investment. <laughs> Benjamin Salisbury, who plays Ben Harvey, the little boy, and he was on The Nanny. So this kid's got the nanny money. Seriously? Yeah, he's the kid from the nanny. He's the kid from the nanny. So he's got the nanny. He's got all the money. Mm. And then... Like, I hate him. I don't yeah. know why I didn't put that together, because I watched a lot of the nanny. Did you? You were the yes. one. Yes. <laughs> and then... Uh, You're the asshole that kept watching that show, no, bringing it, it back. it was in the reruns and syndication. I watched it like I loved school. the nanny. Really? Yeah, when did you watch the nanny? When I was I younger, I watched the nanny. the nanny when it was on. <laughs> I watched the nanny too. I <laughs> I liked the nanny so much I voluntarily watched The Beautician and the Beast in the movie theater. With who? Ouch. All right, I did that starring Fran that. Drescher and um No, who'd you go with? My friend. Really? He I think I went with Kim. Much. I either went with Kim or Leo or maybe both. <laughs> it's good. I did not Timothy see that Dalton's movie. in that. He plays the beast. The worst Bond. Dog track. All right. This also stars Meadow Sisto, Meadow Caroline Harvey, the daughter, and then special men- mention to Dan Butler, who plays Bill. Battle Royale Bill. Who is um? You don't know who that is, do you? Tony gets it. Who's? Oh, Jesus Christ! Now I forgot. Is He's in this Bulldog. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. So welcome back from the podcast from Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, it was cancer, buddy. <laughs> it could have been cancer. Woo, divorce. Thank goodness it's divorce. Yeah, it's just my life is over. Guys, this is going to be really hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have to tell you, we're 45 minutes in already. We have so got really like Harley looked. I was like, what? <laughs> They're real drunk people. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is going to be a real loud episode, too, I have a feeling. We drink a lot okay. of rum in, in anticipation. Well, I, had a, I had a big rum punch lunch. Where's the rum gone? I should have watched the rub before I watched the movie. We should have watched the rub before I watched it. Wow. should have watched the movie and drank the rum. Pull yourselves together while I read you some reviews. Okay. Okay. Is it Siskel and Ebert? There was a lot of 10-star reviews for this (laughs) fucking movie. (laughs) I'm not picking on your movie, Elaine, but holy shit. All right. He goes, everybody liked this movie. All these reviews. Everyone loves. I said, that's not possible. That's a 23%. (laughs) No, I don't know how. I don't know how that's 23%. Well, because I was looking through the reviews and everyone fucking loves this movie so much. Speaking of 10-star reviews, this is Jane Weatherfield, and she says... Isn't that your alias? No. Brilliant. Obviously, this is the best movie ever made. Obviously. The mixture of humorous dialogue and entrancing characters make this the best movie you could ever possibly hope to see. You will laugh, you will cry, you will run wild in the streets with pure happiness. (laughs) This is that kind of movie. Wow. Your life will never be the same again, trust me. It's real good. Did she say best movie ever? Yes. Is she from an insane asylum? She wrote this in 05. Much like Zach Morris, Time Out, who's also trash. That's what I hear. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, no way is this the best movie ever. Well, do you you're perhaps gonna run, feel... You're going to run in the streets happy, though. Yeah. Do you perhaps oh. feel more like W. Mac, who oh, rated Mac. this one out of ten? I paid a dollar fifty for this lame piece of crap, and I wanted it back. Wow. Never in all my life have I sat through comedy so stone-faced. I never cracked a smile. The only thing on my mind was what time was it. Tony well, read me that review when he finally found the bad one. I said, well, we paid $3. We played part twice as much for it. <laughs> so fair. I hope you rate it. Two out of ten. Right. Well, to be fair, Mac there has a lot of YouTube that he has to watch. 
<laughs> is that the price on YouTube? I wonder. Oh, it was two ninety nine on YouTube, I think. We watched it on Voodoo. Okay. Oh, so Amanda. Voodoo usually it. has Thank the best you, Amanda. Price, yeah, <laughs> yeah Voodoo is usually the way to go. It's usually a dollar cheaper than uh, like Amazon and other places. <laughs> so let's start uh, this. But we had it on DVD. I'm not going to give you synopsis because that's not what I do here. Captain Ron's about a guy named Captain Ron who's on a boat. <laughs> no, it's about a, a guy who inherits a boat from his uncle, takes his family down to the Caribbean to sail the boat to Miami to sell, and they hi- and they hire a local to cap to skipper the boat and hijinks ensue. All right, well, there's a <laughs> review. Yay, name, a bag, Carly, go. We're in Chicago. <laughs> we get some fun calypso music. And you're like, what's that smell? It's Chicago. And we see what I like to refer to as the rhythms of the city. You know Chicago People means really going- bad smell? Uh, I don't know anything about Chicago smell. No, that's what Chicago means. It means really bad smell. Uh, that is chicken windy. in the car and the car won't go. <laughs> Anywho. So we see what I like to call the rhythms of the city. We see cars driving, people walking, people going to work. We see a bike messenger, and we see Martin. He's looks like he's walking to work like everybody else in this rat race. I love his scarf, by the way. And he gets to a building, and there's broken glass all over the sidewalk. And he looks up, and there's a window missing from the side of the building. I thought suicide, but there was nobody. No. He goes in the building. It's his. It's where he works. He gets a cup of coffee, and some of his coworkers or a coworker um, is talking about how one of the windows just popped out this morning and fell onto the sidewalk, and someone could have died. And some bitch sneezes in his coffee. No, that's she not. owes him coffee. They get. He gets on the elevator, the fullest elevator in the world. <laughs> the last person to get on is the bike messenger that we saw with his motherfucking bike. <laughs> That's I feel when like, the woman. Can you not leave that at the desk on the bottom floor? <laughs> that's when one of the women, people on the elevator, sneezes in his coffee twice. And that bitch owes him wow. coffee. I'd the like go co-worker, down. Sugar. <clears throat> this character's name is Bill, uh, who played a great uh, reporter mm. in the Birdcage. Oh, um, yeah, great movie. We should do that on the podcast. We should that movie is wonderful? It would have to be a birthday pick. <laughs> Does it? I, yeah, it did really good. <laughs> um, it was a good movie. Flossy, flossy, flossy. But Twyla, the, the co-worker Bill is, starts giving Martin some shit because someday he's going to write a novel. But what if someday never comes? This window uh, accident has really put shit in perspective for Bill. And he's like, we got to seize the day and we can't just wait around for someday. And he kind of makes Martin feel a little bad about himself. So and then, DM. But he mentions his name to the other guy, and the bike messenger overhears, and is like, oh, you're Martin Harvey? And he says, yeah, he goes, sign for this, because the bike messenger was, in fact, here for Martin Harvey. And, and, he, I'm, and I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, divorce papers? <laughs> Isn't she in How long has it been since you've seen this movie? <laughs> it's been a hot minute. I'm like, did she want to leave him, and they went on vacation? Is that how this happened? <laughs> so wow. it's an envelope. <laughs> so they all get off the elevator. And then and he gets real happy and like, can't be divorce paper. And Martin <laughs> opens the envelope, reads it, and gets really excited, but we don't see what it is. And, and he, he turns right around and he leaves. <laughs> he doesn't show up for work at all. No. And then... Well, he's got one of those movie jobs where you don't actually have to show up and they give you a shitload of money. <laughs> then we see, we flash to the next scene where we see Catherine. She's getting home and she's kind of walking through her house and complaining about the mess and the telephone rings and she's... 
answers it real snotty, but it turns out that it's one of her clients. She's like, hello. So she goes from yes to, oh, Mrs. So-and-so. Elaine puts on her customer service voice. Elaine has a customer service voice. I call her at work every once in a while, mm-hmm. and she'll answer her customer service voice, and it's weird. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'd like to speak to my wife. She's like, this is a lady. I'm like, no, it's not. Look, I don't use my that, fake voice that is at home. I don't turn that fake. off so I can talk to the real you. Like, <laughs> hey, it's me. She's like, what the fuck you want? I'm like, that's better. It's not a good <laughs> sign if I'm using my customer service voice. It's not? It's not. No? It's because I'm being fakety fake, fake, fake. <laughs> Fakey McFakerton? Yes. Mm. The queen of Fakerville? Mmm. It's not, it's not very nice. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> if you have developed a customer service voice, you probably know how to be really nice to people you wish you could stab in the eye with the pen. Well, well that's, when, I, when I call you work, that's the phone, that's how you answer the phone. Mm-hmm. Like the lady that called me Uh-oh. yesterday to complain. She wanted to speak to a manager, and I answered. Because the girl that rang up her five pairs of underpants didn't give her the sale price. Because one of the pairs of underpants, it was five for 35 Or individually, they were $10. Why are we talking about And the fifth pair of underpants was actually missed clearance for $2.40. The lady did not notice when her stuff was rang up that she paid $42.50. That she paid $42.50 instead of $35. So she didn't say anything because the cashier would have adjusted it. Yeah. And then honestly, it's not really that different. No, <laughs> and then and she could so not what? seem to comprehend that the fifth pair was clearance, no matter how many times I explained it to her. And then I said, "Well, if you just bring your receipt and we'll adjust it for you, ma'am." And then she's like, "Well, I can't be in there today, so who knows when this lady's going to come back with her receipt, expecting to get her money back? And she wants to come and find more of those clearance underpants. Good luck, lady." <laughs> Good you luck. want underpants, you're going to pay full price. It's like when I went. Like, or five for 35 But exactly. she got the same pair of underpants in multiple colors. So this one color was clearance and we didn't get pulled and we didn't know it. Like, it's not like you're going to get every pair of this fucking color. They co- Like, you probably got the only one that was there. I love it to get supplies clearance. Surprise clearance is the right thing. You're like, yeah! I went to where you work and I bought Tony Cologne. And it was surprise clearance. I bought everyone that was on the shelf. <laughs> I said, I like this cologne. It doesn't make me sneeze. How many you got? <laughs> so, what kind of cologne was it? I don't remember. He doesn't got really wear it very surprise often. Surprise clearance is the best. But he's got a whole shitload of it. He does. <laughs> Look, surprise clearance is the best. And if he was supposed to be 5 for 35 and you found surprise clearance, we're going to put the other ones at 5 fucking bucks. Well, you know what? Don't worry about that, boss. Can I have anybody? But I'd use my customer service voice, which is a very nice voice. I'm extremely helpful, but you don't actually want to hear my customer service voice. I have a good customer service voice, but I don't have a good customer service conversation because I laugh and they get offended and I'm laughing at them. I'm not. I'm not laughing at you. This is not funny. It's not funny in any way, shape, or form. And it makes me very angry when you think I'm laughing. I feel like we forgot why we were here. (laughs) Just laugh. (laughs) Nervous tip. Anywho, so, Captain Ron. so Catherine gets home. She's complaining about the mess. She answers the phone, and then we see Martin arriving home. And he's now ready he to... obviously didn't go straight home because this is in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and I hope he doesn't have a six-hour commute. That'd be crazy. <laughs> he went home we to do the old hippie but he was coming uh, away the from the city. Yeah, but he, they're not in the shower when everybody was going into the city. But he comes into the house, and Catherine. So he is, enters the premises. Catherine is and he's on trying the, to enter the premises. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine is on the phone with her client, looking over architectural pl- plans, discussing some design changes. And Martin starts distracting her. He's kissing the back of her neck. He's singing. He's kind of dancing around the house. And she is like, what is he I doing? Know. I'm like, leave her the fuck alone. She's clearly on a work call. He starts chewing on her. I was mad. 
He's being, <laughs> I just Hulk. He's being kind of silly and sexy. Well, she seems to enjoy posture. it. He's probably not always in this mood. And when you're married, you gotta enjoy that when that comes. And then wait, what? Martin goes upstairs, and <clears throat> Catherine tells her client that she's gonna. I feel call like now's her back. a bad time. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, "What are you doing up there?" And she goes upstairs. And then while she goes upstairs, Ben comes home from school. <clears throat> And he goes into the kitchen because he's going to have an after-school snack. So, oh, this kid. She goes upstairs, <laughs> and Martin asks her if she remembers his uncle who sailed away never to be heard from again. Now, Catherine automatically assumes that he's back and he wants to come visit. And this guy cannot come visit because she's got a lot on her plate right now, and she just cannot deal with how yes. And Martin is like, don't worry, he's dead. And she's like, oh, great. And he pulls out a photo. He pulls out what? Oh, photo. <laughs> Then we flash to Ben, and Ben is getting a sandwich, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I guess, and a glass of milk, and he spills milk all over Catherine's architectural plans. Not good. No. The architect is very popular in the movie TV genre. Well, I think she's an interior designer, not actually an architect. I think they're doing, like, home remodeling, maybe. And um, so then we go back upstairs to the attic, and Martin is showing Catherine this picture of him on his uncle's boat, and... She's like, well, that's great. And he's like, we inherited this. And she's like, a picture? And he's like, no, this boat. She's like, ah, oh, crap. And what are you going to do with a boat? <laughs> yeah. And You're going to go uh, making burgers and shit. Ben is eavesdropping. And he says, we're getting a boat? And Catherine Meanwhile, says. Meanwhile, I'm like, kid, you just spilled milk in the fucking kitchen. <laughs> you need to well, go hide. And Catherine says, your father and I have to talk about it. And Ben's like, all right, we're getting a boat. You know, they say when you Which, buy a boat, there's two of your favorite days. The day you buy the boat, the day you sell the boat. <laughs> uh-huh. Which I think this is kind of funny that Ben in, ben infers that they're automatically getting a boat, even though she said me and your father have to talk about it. Because in most times, it's me and your mother have to talk about it, and you know whatever mom says goes. But in yes. this case, it seems like what dad says because goes, Because I'm like, there's no way in this argument about the boat that he wins. <laughs> but, the boat's just a hole that you throw money in. But he's like, look, it's not just a boat. My uncle bought it from the Clark Gable estate. And I've Whoa. been on the phone with a bunch of brokers all day, and it's worth $250,000. And she gets Hello. excited. She's like, we can pay off the second mortgage the and the credit, credit card, card debt. debt. It's like, Tony bitch, goes, live Damn, within. They have a lot of debt. <laughs> it's like, live within your means. Cut the shit. Yeah. Yep. But um, he's like, look, there's just one catch. It's down on this island, San Palm de Tierre. Does that mean the same potato? He's like, I don't think so. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sure that means potato. And, but they have to go get it, and they have to sail it to Miami to sell it. And she's like, we can't do that. And he's like, look, we hire a captain, and they'll teach us how to sail. And, and she's and like, she's like, why don't you're we just crazy. hire somebody to move the boat, and so, we stay home? Yeah. Fun story. This is the second boat captain movie that we have. The first one being This Means War. But he wasn't actually a... a well, I thought you were talking about Waterworld. Oh. <laughs> so our third. Or Popeye? Fourth. Oh, shit. Oh. And, and we're back at four. Okay. <laughs> but I just want to talk about FDR and Tuck. But at this point, I'm going, 
Number one, she's right. They should just hire somebody to sail the boat to Miami for them while they stay home. Number two, why the fuck do they need to worry about learning how to sail from the captain when they're just going to sell the boat when it gets to Miami and they're never going to well, be on a boat again? Because <laughs> they have she, because they're not still, winning this argument against me. That's for damn sure. Well, <laughs> the plot they, needs it. They'd Chloe. have to hire a whole crew if they weren't actually going to learn how to sail <laughs> rather than just hiring one person. Hey, boss, and, uh, and even though also, this, he says 45 days to he get says, from the Caribbean no, to 45 Florida. days no, on a says, fucking boat. He says 30 to 40 days. He wants to make it a trip and go see sightseeing and show the kids. Ship. That shit takes three. <laughs> Where the hell are they I in just, the Caribbean? And, says, and Catherine's like. They go through the Bermuda Triangle? But Catherine is like, we cannot do this right now. We'll hire a boat mover. Because you don't get 45 days off work to go sailing. <laughs> she's being very logical about this. She's got good points. But she's they fight about the it. First. Yeah. And as they're fighting, they go downstairs. And then Catherine walks to the kitchen and sees that Ben has spilled fucking milk all over her plans. Mm. And that's ruined a week's worth of work. So she's not having a, she's having a really fucking bad day. Mm-hmm. And now she's her husband, like, husband wants to go sailing for 45 And days. she's like, look, what about your job, my job, the kids are in school, this is ridiculous. And he's like, it's spontaneous. Because he is remembering the conversation from the elevator and how life is short. And this is an opportunity for them. And it is a good, he's got good arguments. They're not anywhere near as good as hers. Apparently, <laughs> says they have all this credit card debt and a second mortgage as now, well. he said, two weeks? You can take two weeks off work. But that's legitimate. 45 days? No. But it's like, it's broadening the kids' horizons. We can go out and live. Then we flash outside the house to a truck, and we see Caroline sucking face with a dude. Sucking face. (laughs) Yep. I think they were actually playing tonsil hockey. Tonsil hockey. Maybe. A little bit different. And she's very excited. Why do they call it tonsil hockey? Because they're, oh, you're no. hitting the other person's tonsils with your tongue. Are you? I think that's the... Guess, guess if your tongue's long enough. Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. Why do they call it French kissing? I don't because the French kiss. invented it. Why would they call it sucking face? You're actually sucking <laughs> someone's face. That doesn't I don't know. seem like an, it's some an John, have you no, seen That's, that's some vampire shit right there. Tell me you want to help us out I on mean, this. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, meow. We're going to be longer than the movie here. All right, this movie is only an hour and a half, and that includes credits. <laughs> um, but so we go back in the house, and <laughs> Martin is like, what can I say to make you at least consider this? And she says, Catherine says, I can't think of anything anyone could say that would make me want to drop everything and go to the other side of the world to a place that no one has ever heard of. But then we find out there is one thing. And then Caroline, (laughs) in a great, amazing coincidence, comes in the house right then and says, Mom, Dad, I'm engaged. And then we see her fiancé come in. Sup, Dad. (laughs) He's like, let's go on a boat. She's 16, (laughs) evidently. I did not know this. I thought she was 18. She's she's 16. 16. They say it multiple times. Well, I, I guess they I say it multiple times, <laughs> including before she comes in to announce that she's engaged. <laughs> to, you know, he looks a little bit like the Kurgan had a baby. Whoa! <laughs> the Kurgan had a baby. 
If he definitely doesn't look like he's going to be a good yeah. provider. Well, I, think, <laughs> no, I mean, he's kind of everything your, but a fuck. So yeah. he's kind of like your your heavy metal teenage burnout looking kid from the eighties, early nineties, which would be convenient where this movie takes place. <laughs> the Kurgan was a nice family man who had a baby. What is this? <laughs> the Kurgan cuts people's heads off. He used to fight in pits with. But if he <laughs> was, <laughs> if he had, was a nice family man, this is what his kid would look like. All right. But so more Calypso music and we're off to the Caribbean because apparently the only thing that could make her go on a one month trip in the Caribbean is my daughter. No, they're only gone for 30 days. And 39. Well, he said 30 to 45. They and they're on only the gone for 30. We know this because Cut Martin keeps voice. a log. Spoiler. They're gone longer. That. <laughs> She's, She's So mine. they go. Oh, pretty. Hello, pretty. So they're in some kind of government office. They're collecting his uncle's effects. There's a picture of the boat, which Martin shows Catherine. She's very excited. It looks gorgeous. Meanwhile, the guy with the effects is like. (laughs) He tells them they buried the body on on a hill overlooking the ocean, and they're like, "Oh, that's very nice of you." He's like, "We had to. We have no refrigeration capabilities." So where do they keep their food? Well. To way to refrigerate a body alive until they're ready to eat them. They <laughs> might have freezers for food, but they don't have a morgue or something like that. They uh, just immediately. If get they have a freezer, they have the place. Not without hacking it up first. Ah, no big deal. Okay, let's hack. Not everybody wants. You know what? To do okay, <laughs> so your uncle Chris dies. You okay, go to collect his body. That was very specific. Hi, Chris. I'm your friend of the podcast. No, no, because I... Well, I don't have an Uncle Chris. I do. You, you do. You have an Uncle Chris. Yeah. He's the only uncle you got. Right. He's not. I have a lot of uncles. No, you I don't. I have an Uncle Bob, but he has four kids, I think. You're, kids. You have some aunts who are married to gentlemen, but they're not your blood uncle. They're uncles. This is your blood relative. You only got the one uncle. His name is Chris. Let me think about that for a moment. Well, on my mother's side, they're all girls. So those all uncles will all be by marriage. Yep, that checks out. Okay. What about so your Uncle Chris dies? My grandparents dies. adopted kids. So your Uncle Chris <laughs> dies. My grandparents I'm, I'm trying children. to think of his I most of his blood relative, right? This is his blood. This is the Uncle Chris. Actually, they were very close when they were younger because um, Uncle Chris was a late-in-life baby. So He's only a few years older than I am. All right, so Uncle Chris dies, and you go to collect his body, but they don't have any kind of morgue. Right. So they hacked his body up into yeah. little pieces and put him in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> they give you, and they then give they, you they give you, they give you an igloo freezer, <laughs> a, like like an igloo, not a freezer, cooler. and a cooler full of body parts. Right. How do you feel about that, John? Oh I feel like we should throw some beer on him because that's how he'd like to go. <laughs> he, he's dead. I don't think I'll give he, a shit. <laughs> You wouldn't be upset and disturbed by a, a cooler full of Chris? At You're this, asking me that. I've been drinking. I'm sorry, yet, so. Chris. I'm sorry, Uncle Chris. At this table, none of us particularly care about the state of our bodies after we die. But right. there are a lot of people who really do. Like, I'm done. <laughs> My question is, did you harvest the organs? Because someone could probably use them. I don't care. <laughs> like, bury him. I definitely don't want a cooler full of body parts. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to keep the Because the only freezer is at the one restaurant. Oh my God, they serve food there. It does seem cheaper and easier just to bury the body before we even arrive. Look, it's over. All we right, so what we've gathered it. from this is Chris, <laughs> Chris, when you shake off that moral coil, I'm going to put you in a glue cooler. 
Oh my oh god. god. <laughs> what? It's not Turn me okay. into a tree after so you donate everything. I want to do take. that. <laughs> do, you think, do you think John is drunk enough that he doesn't really remember what he's saying? So when he listens to this episode back, he goes, oh my god. I don't know, but Tony's got his hands in his head here and he's just fucking loving it. I want to live forever. Tony doesn't care about his body because like he's but, dead. But, but, but I want to be a tree. Is it better to burn out or feed him What about, who wants to live with forever when all love must die? Me. Okay. <laughs> if you're not sure He's what we're like, talking look, about, let's I'll have Carly. Carly. I'll, miss really I'll have Carly's tree in the yard and exactly. I'll be able to eat the fruit. But when you <laughs> die, he definitely doesn't want to receive your body parts in a cooler. Probably not. That is true. <laughs> but all also, right. they call so, it preaching. But also, if you really want to know what we're talking about, listen to Harley Davidson the Marvel. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I think he's thinking a timer. It's better to be dead and cool than alive and uncool. Okay, so... And look, he's clearly... If you're in an igloo cooler, you're clearly dead and cool. Oh, my God! You see how that okay. checks out? Note to self, don't drink before doing podcasts. Okay. I'm sorry for this entire oh, episode. I wish I had drunk... Ma- this is gonna be the first episode that's like, no, we can't this put this is, out. It is that bad. Yeah. This was. Uh, this is uh, worse than when we had did Blade Two, and there was so much testosterone in the room, I could cut it with a knife. <laughs> all right. So. <laughs> all right. So. Found out Blade was a racist. Carol, uh, no, a lot. Catherine <laughs> is holding up the picture of the Wanderer, and he we're looking at it. Race. <laughs> and then we see that they're outside, and they're looking at the actual boat. And it doesn't. Look and it is like not that. It looks like a hunk of junk. It looks more like a boat that we would have seen in Popeye <laughs> than the boat Ooh, that was current. Boat that was <laughs> shit. Previously owned by Clark Gable. He let this boat go to shit. Yeah, it did. But Martin is excited. The family does not look impressed. They look very concerned. They want to go home. They want to go back to the hotel. But he jumps on the boat, and he's like, isn't this great? And, I mean, he seems like 90% actual excited and 10% like fake forced excited because they've already taken this time off, and he's going to have a fun trip no matter what. So get around his parade. Mm. Martin calls Catherine. He goes down the boat, and he's like, oh, this is great. Catherine, you got to see this. you got to see this. So then she goes to get on the boat. And she is not wearing boat-friendly attire. No, she is not. And the boat is her rocking. outfit is cute. Yeah, she looks great. But her heels, not a good point. She's wearing a, <laughs> a kitten heel. And those legs don't make an ass out of themselves. And like, her outfit is cute, and it looks wonderful on her. But she's trying to climb up the gangplank, and it's moving, and she gets on the boat, and she's having a really hard time. She almost falls. She even says, clearly not the correct shoe choice, which is really funny. <laughs> and the kids stay out on the dock and they're starting to fight and Ben pushes Caroline so she pushes him in the water. This is bitch. And then they hear, you know, on the boat, Martin and Catherine hear a splash and then they hear Ben shouting so they run out there and Caroline is like, Ben fell in the water and he's like, you pushed me and she's like, you touched me. And then Martin grabs the life preserver and it's like, I got it, and throws it in the water. But the life preserver sinks, which seems to be a it's bit awesome. of a... It's yeah. not awesome. attached to a rope or any way to pull him in. It's no. just a life preserver so that float. sinks. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. Which is 100% ineffective. Which, how old does styrofoam have to be before it doesn't float? <laughs> I have no idea. Evidently, it's got to be Because that's what they make those things I thought that shit would be around forever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Intriguing. What was that made of? Well, so, the next we see Martin is all wet. 
because he had to, I guess, jump in the water to help Ben get out. But how did he get out? World may never know. It's like, how um, many licks take to get to the center of a tootsie roll pop? We know that Mr. Owl <laughs> already figured that out. It's three. One, two, three. Punch. <laughs> three. Tony, I'm pretty sure that's not right. Mm-hmm. No, it's right. Mr. Owl found it out. The world may never know. All right. So All right. Martin calls the boat broker. And the broker, played by the wonderful Mr. Paul Anka. Right. Uh, says that the boat hasn't been surveyed through since 1967, which I assume was done right at when they were selling the Clark Gable estate. Mm-hmm. And um, he wants to know what it looks like. Have you seen the boat? And Martin says, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> and he says, I just am curious to know what it would be worth in less than perfect condition. And the broker, thinking correctly that it is a hunk of junk, is like, well, why don't you just get it down here and then we'll take a look at it. And he throws the file. And he hangs up and he tells his assistant, (laughs) instead of sending down their very well-qualified, high-priced captain to skipper this boat, just find somebody local. She's like, local? Really? Island? And then he just throws the file in the trash. And he goes, we have a guy named Ron. Mm. So enter Captain Ron. Hey, boss. This is the next day. He gets out. He pulls up in a car, and it's only got one headlight. This Much is a, like Captain Ron. Yes. This is a reoccurring theme that all the cars in the movie only have one headlight. And Otherwise known as both cars. Well, also, no. The pirate's car is also missing that same headlight. All the cars that drive are missing the same headlight as Captain Ron's um, eye patch. Which is his left eye. You just covered your right. I, I drive an automatic. Mm-hmm. And every time I pull in my driveway, I use the emergency brake. And people make fun of me for that. My driveway is steep. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Nobody I in use this the emergency movie brake when I park uses the an emergency brake, and all their cars um, just rolling all over the place. <laughs> none, none of the cars when we use their parking brake. <laughs> okay. So, this is a comedy. I know. But I was like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah, Carla. What I had happens? not been drinking when I watched it. <laughs> it would have been more fun. This is a silly comedy thing. But he gets out of a car and he parks it. And as soon as he starts to walk and he eyes the boat and Caroline, who's up sunning herself on the deck. He's like, hey. toenails. Who's 16, by the way. Yes, but he does. he just sees a pretty girl. Yeah, he's like, he wants to... Well, really, she's only 16. Put the she boat in the 20. dock. No. She does Gross. look older than 16. He doesn't hit on her at any point. He just checks her out a bit, which is not the same as wanting to put your boat in somebody's slip. He does refer to <laughs> her as babe yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah, but he calls them all different things. Which is weird. Uh, but when I was 16, I looked older than I was. Uh, than I was and well, to be fair, the actress is 20. Well... He calls them all by nicknames because he calls Catherine Kitty the whole time. He only calls Martin Boss, and he calls Ben Swab. So That's she's at the end. Call babe. Babe. She's just babe. Babe. Hey, babe. Whenever I hear the name Babe, I think of the pig. It's it's just one of those. It do, I, honestly, it doesn't bother me or make it or makes me. Babe think that doesn't it's bother kind of, you. No, Tony thought it should have bothered Martin Short's character. Yes. What about if you like, call her Toots? call my daughter something else, but stop calling her babe. <laughs> what about, is Toots okay? Um, I don't... See, we had a conversation about the work this week. About, about <laughs> Who Dame? called somebody's Toots? Dame? Dame. I like, like Dame, though. Like, oh, Dame, that's kind of derogatory. I was like, actually, Dame is a title of the villain. We've talked about that before because I of Dame Judi Dench. I approve of Dame. 
<laughs> I can't see how you don't. Because we were but talking also, about it before because I brought up in Dick Tracy, they call them dames. Yeah. But only the nice girls are called dames. They well, don't call them. Because dame is a sign of, it's a it's a title. And it's like, well, yeah, dames, one girl's like, dame's fine. But I don't like when they call a lady. I'm like, lady's the fucking title well, of I'm nobility. I'm lady as well. <laughs> Some people get really upset about lady. Some people get really sad about girls. It's like, come on, think of, she's a lady. I, I always say lady. Girls, I'm fine with lady, because you don't lady, call a group of men lady, boys generally. I do, babe. babe but, yeah, uh, yeah, they're both better I, than bitch, I which is the you know what rappers go with. It. No one seems to bother them. But, <laughs> but I am a lady. <laughs> this is the thing. If I'm talking about John's group of friends. I, did you have fun with the boys today? I would the say same, guys. But I wouldn't say guys. I would say boys the same way if I was if you had gone out with a bunch of your girlfriends. And I would say well, how was the girls. Is I, would say, I would say I would say And boys night is a thing. It's not. Sometimes they say guys night and sometimes they say boys. And it's the same with ladies and girls. They're very interchangeable. But not babes and not. Um, Stags. But babe doesn't bother me. Babe. babe is like honey or look. There ain't yeah, nothing but like to his daughter though. But it's, it doesn't. But it's, it's something that a... couples refer to each other as. No. Not my uncle calls me babe. That would be weird. No. <laughs> but like, if your grandpa called, but it's like an endearment. It doesn't necessarily mean a sexual way because. What if my uncle Chris called you babe from? That the wouldn't cooler? bother me. What if he was well, in the cooler? Well, if he was in the cooler, <laughs> that would bother me because he's dead. If he was weird. in the cooler, but like some. People I've just only ever to, heard it between sexual partners. But older men will hey, call babe. a girl babe or honey or mm. missy. Yeah, but it's... it's but like, like, they'll call strangers. But they'll but call strangers that. That's just a way it's of... It's like you call their sugar tits. But it's no, a daughter it's in front sugar, of a father, though. Yeah, or honey. Probably. Like, a lot of people call... A lot of, like, older men will refer to what about girls darling? that they hey, don't you know as honey. How I'm, you doing today, okay honey? I'm okay with that. But, but don't babe call me babe. Same. I don't even really like it if Tony calls me babe. I'm not a babe. I am a lady. Look. What if he was to call you Are you saying that Tony can't think you're a babe? I'm sure Tony's the only one that can. That babe is a total fox. <laughs> now we just convinced that does think I'm a babe. <laughs> I'm just my saying, problem, it doesn't I, bother me. You can call it whatever you want. I my problem is, you're calling my daughter a babe in front of me. That's but the I don't problem. Think, but he's not calling fair, her a babe. babe. He's just I mean, it's like calling her girl. Yeah, but he's not. I don't. I've never thought that he's doing it in a sexual like she's oh, a babe kind of way. I think it's more like girl. Like he's, baby. Hey girl, what's going on, girl? Mm. Hey, baby. He's maybe. Just, maybe. Like, he doesn't use so maybe. names. Maybe, baby. Maybe. But baby. he doesn't use names. He uses nicknames. So, you know. All right. He's just babe. All right, Dave. Boss. Any. Kitty. Yeah. Swab. Babe. I All just right. think I would have won a better one for my daughter. But. In front of me. <laughs> it's, better than, it's better than princess. I hate princess. She's a princess. No, she's not. <laughs> Are you Why a king? Your Why are you glaring at me? I have often referred to myself as a pretty pink princess. <laughs> Just so. I have so, never referred to myself. As Captain Ron approaches the boat, the car that he did not We're set still the there? Break, Holy shit. Rolls off the pier into the water. Yeah, we got into a dissertation about toots, which we never actually <laughs> ruled on. And I but don't really like toots. I might have been okay with toots. What about Tootsie, the movie? <laughs> That's a great movie. No. I enjoy it. Dustin Hoffman's best work. But you know what? If somebody was like, hey Toots, I might laugh, but I don't know if I would like it. I don't know. Alright, I'm gonna start calling you Toots and we'll see. <laughs> well, 
Well, hey, and I will laugh when you toots do. Toots or babe? Not babe. I don't like She you. would prefer toots. Hey, what? You prefer toots over babe? That's what I'm saying. It's weird. It is. I think because nobody's ever called me toots, it would be like All right, novel. toots. All right, toots. <laughs> I'm not calling her toots. That's fine. You should just do it once and freak her out. No, not doing it. So he All asked right, if this is the Harvey boat, and she kind of, she's like, yeah. And then he introdu- and then Martin comes up and he introduces himself as Ron Rico, which is a ki- uh, which is a kind of rum, yes. which is kind of funny. It's an alias because he's a special. He agent. immediately calls Martin boss. Hey, boss. And then he assumes that Caroline is his wife for a minute. He's like, "Hey, good job." He's like, that's my new old dog, like, and he's like, "No, that's my daughter. This oh, is my, my bad. wife." Let me call her babe. But he doesn't even say my bad. He's just like, "Oh, how is it doing?" And then he introduces his wife, Catherine, and. Kevin Ron calls her Kitty, and then Ben comes up and he calls him Swab. And then uh, Swab asks him about his eye, and he says it was a shark attack. I wonder if Captain Ron fought with the Megalodon. No, it was <laughs> only when his, his eye. boat went down, or his boss's boat went down in Australia because they hit a reef, a big reef. You mean the Great Barrier Reef? Oh, oh you heard of it. You heard of it. <laughs> Smart. Catherine seems a bit concerned about Captain Ron because he didn't know about the Great Barrier Reef. But <laughs> he's calling her daughter Babe. <laughs> but Martin is convinced that this is going to be a fun time, so he's like, no, it's fine. He's like, it's going to be fun. But he sent him. We're cool. And Captain Ron immediately goes down to see what they're working with, and Martin's like, look, he went right to work and follows him down. And Catherine's like, maybe you should tell him we don't know much about boats. But he can At hear all. you, but so we don't have to tell him. Now you just yeah. did. Captain Ron checks out the engine. He seems pretty knowledgeable about it and tells Martin that this type of engine is a diesel Needs to have be filled with oil every morning. It's very important. If you don't fill it with oil every morning, it won't run correctly. I had a As in, it will seize up. <laughs> it's a dirty job, but it's very important. So Martin tries to give that job to Ben, and Ron's like, "No, this is too important. You better do a boss. You're gonna need to a boss. You need to do swab. You you could take out the trash." And Ben's a little a little sad that he gets the shit job of taking out the trash. And um, Ron tells him, look, this is how a ship works. Everybody gets a job. If you do your job good, then maybe you get promoted from swab to mate. And uh, it's an incentive. And then Ben leaves, and he says, it's an incentive uh, kind of a thing. Incentives are important. I learned that in rehab. Mm. All right. (laughs) Then they... He's not wrong. Martin Shore's like, uh, rehab? <laughs> so they fill up the. You know, they tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Can so. I made the same joke. <laughs> joke. So they start up the boat to see how the engines work, and Caroline, who has moved from the boat to the dock, is right by where the engine exhaust is. It gets sprayed in the face with a bunch of stuff. Smoke, it, it speckles her face in black, like very Laurel and Hardy soot. kind of a thing. So, yeah, she gets some soot. She gets some soot all over her schmusser. And, um. No more sucking face with that stuff. Ben wants to take the boat out, but Catherine and Martin are like, no, we're just trying it out. It's too soon. And Captain Ron's like, look, hey, I, I borrowed my buddy's car. We can't leave yet. <laughs> all right, friends, we got to tell you, Carly took the cork out of her wine and it popped and fell on the floor, and we all thought it was funny. <laughs> Because they're that drunk. There's only this much wine. <laughs> yeah. She's drank the whole bottle. Almost. That's not true. Some of it evaporated. <laughs> There's no telling how much Sambuca John has had or how much um, vodka Tony put in that lemonade, though. 
At least we can track Carly's drinking. That is true. That's Tony's laughing that, like, so hard, so, so silently, it's shaking the whole table. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, well, Captain Ron says much. that he borrowed his buddy's car, and they're like, what car? I don't see a car. Did he come with the car? And we look, and we see the blub, blub, blub in the water of the car. You know what's amazing? Because didn't notice when it went in the water. <laughs> and uh, Captain Ron's like, you know what? On second thought, let's go. And they're like, Catherine is worried the boat isn't safe, and Martin is concerned that they don't have any supplies, but Ron's like, we can get them on the way, there's just an island 30 miles away. And you know what's amazing? Anything that's going to happen... The friend shows up with a fucking gun at his name. It's not his friend. Anything that's going to happen is going to happen out there, so we're just going to go. So he... It was his friend. It was his friend. No, When he borrowed the car. No, no, it was not. It was never his friend, and I'll tell you why. Uh-oh. So they start to leave the marina when the guy whose card is shows up. And he says, Captain Ron, you stole my wife. You're not stealing my car. Yeah, not his friend. Where is my automobile? And then he shoots at the boat. Automobile? But at this point, they're automobile. far enough. Automobile? She got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. At this wow. point, they're far enough away that they can't really hear what's happening. And Captain Ron keeps them distracted from realizing that that gentleman is shooting at Captain Ron. With a rifle. Oh, He's like, the, just uh, dispute among friends on the island? And then, um, <laughs> so Ron gives them a heading for the, for the island they're heading where they can get supplies. And sets Martin up in front of the wheel and says, just keep on this course, I'm going to go take a nap. And he goes downstairs and he takes a nap. And um, Martin fakes confidence 100 percent here he's like it's fine look i got a heading we're, we're all good we're good kitty does not seem impressed the kids do not seem really impressed they're a little concerned well ben's having a great time at this point but caroline maybe not so much off to a rocky start yes it is but they're going to st hogs which is next to st thomas and they get they no miraculously arrive and uh but now they're entering a marina, and there's lots of boats, and Martin doesn't know what to do. There's a lot of boat traffic, and he's not confident in his serious They're going fast. So they call for Captain Ron, and Caroline comes upstairs and says, I think Captain Ron is dead. <laughs> so Kitty goes downstairs. Ben's poking him with the stick. He has the patch on the other eye. Yes, he had moved the patch from his left eye to his, his right. right eye. And he's he, laying a wide, with his eyes wide open as far as we can yeah, see. Yeah, and he just looks straight dead. And <laughs> Catherine takes his pulse, and but he wakes up, and he scares the shit out of them. He says, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. And then he moves his eye patch over to the right side, and he's like, oh, sorry, I do that when I sleep. Keeps the light out. And then she's, and he goes upstairs. Which makes perfect sense, but it's creepy. It's very <laughs> creepy. Uh, he goes straight upstairs, and he's like, oh, great, we're here. And he takes over the helm from Martin, and he increases the speed. And they're like, um, there's a lot of boats there, Ron. And he's like, oh, they'll get out of our way. I learned that uh, piloting the Saratoga. Oh, the old Sarah. Yep. And uh, he tells um, Martin to throw over those bumpers, and there's a big party in the well not a there's like a restaurant maybe yeah, yeah. some people having cocktails Couple and they Chardonnay. see this speeding yacht coming for them and they kind of freak out and everybody on the boat is freaking out and Catherine grabs the kids and is like hold on and Captain Ron in a move that Vin Diesel would be proud of <laughs> swings the boat around and gently brings it right up to the pier family 
Because it took you a drift into the the dock. In the gentle moving, it does smoke a lot at the people who are on the dock. That's true. (laughs) But he cuts the engine, and he's like, oh, let's have a drink. Steps right off the boat, goes up to the bar, and orders him a margarita. (laughs) And Catherine... Without tying it off. (laughs) Catherine and the kids are instantly impressed. And they're like, oh, my God, did you see that? That was awesome. So Martin... This loses even more confidence for Martin. We, meanwhile, everybody else thinks this is the greatest thing they've ever seen. Since sliced bread. And uh, they go and they enjoy the beautiful St. Hog. And they pick up supplies. And Martin tries to talk to Catherine about his reservations. But she's like, no, you know, I was, I was worried in the beginning. But did you see that, that how he brought us in? Just the one where Caroline tells the two dudes that she's engaged, mm-hmm. but it's not that, not that serious. The parents are talking... <laughs> And they're going to meet Caroline at, like, a tourist um, information place. Mm-hmm. And she's on the other side talking to some dudes. She grabs a bunch of maps. Yeah. Well, she tells these these guys invite her to a party, and she says that she's engaged. But it's, it's not in, a big deal. It's informal. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not an issue. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she's already starting to forget about her slut. fiance. <laughs> doesn't make don't her a slut. That. You don't need a slut shame. I'm not shaming she her. She's young and she's playing the field. And she's uh-huh. 16. She be playing no fields. She's not committed to her fiance though. And we can judge. All right, there's fiance. no such thing as not being committed to your fiance. It's like being a little bit pregnant. No such thing. No, but you can't call her a slut though. You can call her a cheater. You can call her. It, call her a tease. But she's not. We don't even know if she's having sex with her fiance, let alone these two boys she just met in the car. So you therefore cannot call her a slut because slut implies that she is having sex with a bunch of people. All right, I amend my prior. Well, anyway, that's fine if it's what you want to do. I amend my prior statement, not and I, re- I take it back. Committed relationship though, and the other party is not monogamous. I said, and the other party is not. Now that we've covered that, I'm sorry, she's not a slut. Okay, could you turn the light on? It's getting dark in here. And I'm trying to read notes. Sun's getting real low. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Jesus. All right, so. My favorite line in the movie is, sun's getting real low. All right, so. That night. That's from last week. So we're back at the boat, and it's that evening. And Martin is talking to Ron about this course he's plotted. He wants to go visit these sponge fishermen, these his, these rock formations, this historical stuff. He's part of this course that takes them all over the Caribbean. This is why this trip is going to take 30 days. He has planned a spontaneous trip with designated stops. Yes. I don't think that word means what he thinks it means. I agree with you. And <laughs> Captain Ron's like, it's all right. If we get lost, we'll just pull in somewhere and ask for directions. I can't do the Captain Ron voice. I wish I could. I why not, can't. boss? I can't do it either. <laughs> it's better than mine. But... They're they're you know they're gonna go all over it and they're also gonna go to San Juan for Carnival. They stay on track. When he said we're going to Carnival, I was like, where the fuck are they? Because in my head, Carnival is Brazil. <laughs> Carnival is. I all- was like, they're going to Rio from the Caribbean. That's why this is taking forty five days. <laughs> well, they're going the wrong way. But they're going to they San do, Juan. They in do Puerto Rico. Carnival in the United States. I know they, they call do. it Mardi Gras. <laughs> it's, just a, it's not really. But when you say Carnival, my head goes to Rio. That's what she calls it. It's called association. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not limited to Like, I associate the word babe with the pig. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, In which case, it would be an insult to your partner. Right. But Although babe was a cool pig. <laughs> it was a cool pig. He's some pig. Ain't that right, Tuts? 
That'll do, pig. <laughs> That'll do, pig. That'll All do. right. So, um, Kitty comes over to admire the root, and uh, Captain Ron oogles her goodies. Oogles her goodies. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and he's so blatant about it Jeez. that Martin notices. And this is something I like. As soon as he found out that Kitty was the wife and that Caroline was the daughter, he never really treats Caroline with any kind other than babe. Yeah. Which we're divided on. We are. He, nev- he never treats Caroline with any kind of sexual anything. But he does but he, Kitty. He does Kitty. 100%. 100% hits on Kitty constantly. So Kitty is a nice looking woman with a very fine body. Yeah. <laughs> She's got the but big things in front Martin of her. Martin is increasingly bothered by Captain Ron. Yes. But Martin notices and kind of shoes Kitty to the boat. And this, and Ron accidentally sets the chart on fire. <laughs> we're going to stay on course and we're going to do this, this chart he made. Oh, wait. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a big hole in it now. But Martin is feeling kind of frisky. He's very excited about their adventure. And, uh, is it time for tit talk? He asked Catherine <laughs> to go below with him. Yes, she does. He tells <laughs> her, and the kids are like, it's only 8.30. And he's like, you can stay up here if you want. Maybe play a game. Captain Ron is like, dollar poker. And Mom's like, nope, Monopoly. And he's like, oh, okay. And they have a lot more fun with Monopoly than I ever have. Yeah. (laughs) So Mom and Dad go below. As soon as they go below, Caroline, who's been wearing this giant fucking poncho... And you know what? If one of my kids wore a giant fucking poncho, I would be suspicious. A hundred percent. Tony goes, is she really wearing that? I said, she has something under that. Like, it did not If really that was my 16-year-old daughter, I said, open that up right as now. As soon as I saw it, I knew she had her well, going out outfit See, this is, this is why, too, you guys don't have kids. <laughs> and you were a girl, so you know these truths. <laughs> Tony apparently has just no clue, because John knew. So, open it up right now. <laughs> He's like, what is she wearing? I was like, it's over her out clo- her clothes that she's going out. Cameron and Ben are setting up Monopoly. Caroline rips off the poncho to, to be in a skippy little dress. And Cameron's his nice dress. And she says, um, she gives Ben some money and says, if anybody asks, I went for a walk. And then Cameron's like, <coughs> where's my money? And she says, expensive night and pays him off too. Because she went out to go um, explore the island. Mm. All right, and then some dirt. taste the local flavor. Can't <laughs> that she did that. We she don't know that. Went out for a fun time. We're guessing. She went to the Dutch consulate for a party. What that includes is up to her. Maybe she, maybe she just had some punch. Look, she's obviously a fickle girl who is not ready to be engaged, and this trip is good for her as she has forgotten all about her fiance, and we're only on day two. <laughs> She's ready to partay. It's like not a problem. She's going to do a little dance. Make a little love. But maybe. Captain Ron says, hey, Swab, now that you got some scratch in your pocket, what do you th- say we make this interesting? So they're going to pay play, what is it? Penny? Ten cents a dollar. Ten cents a dollar. For their, Which um, is a bad ratio because it's going to be a lot once you get a lot of hotels yes, on board. Yes, they do. And they play a but game where it's we like, I've got four not, hotels. I'm like, that's not how Monopoly is. We were not allowed yes. to play with hotels when I was a kid. So Monopoly was a very boring game. And really? Ben's, Ben's, My mom didn't want us to fight, so. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. So the hotels so were So why she even owned Monopoly? I didn't even know what they were for. 
<laughs> you know what? I can get behind that because I don't like playing Monopoly for the opposite reason. Because we played like legit straight takes tournament rules, and we used to fight constantly. <laughs> like it, there wouldn't be a game unless it was a fucking fight. That's why I don't like playing. That, John doesn't like to play. That's a lie. John doesn't like to play Monopoly because he always wins, and then everybody in our house pouts. <laughs> he likes to play categories. He's really good. <laughs> That's true. He does like to play scatter. We haven't played that in a long. We've been having game night. <laughs> Maybe we categories. should do that while we're no. waiting for you to sober up. Maybe. Although Tony will sober up a lot faster than I will. <laughs> well, we'll see. I do recover quick. But as they're setting up the Monopoly board, Ben goes to move Captain Ron's beer. And he says, hey, get your hands off that. I don't that. think that's what he was doing. <laughs> yes, he was. He Is Captain it. Ron, like, left? Oh, no. no. it's later with that. No, he's just setting up the board, and he goes to move the beer. And then Captain Ron says, get your hands off that. And he says, I was just moving it. I wasn't going to drink it. And then Captain Ron says, you bet your booty you wasn't. You want to drink it, you get your own. I thought he did that later after he went no. downstairs. The no, first right time. He gets, And then Ben does get his own beer. Which is why this is no longer a Disney movie. Yes, they got pushed down to. Tony goes. It's Touchstone. A family movie. This movie. (laughs) This is owned by Disney, and they didn't want to put it out under the Disney name because of the children drinking, and the boobies. Yeah, and the boobs. And the language. So but they, he said fuck once. they kicked it to Touchstone, which is owned by Disney, and that's yeah. where they put some of their stuff that's not and remember, family friendly enough. Although yeah. this is still a family friendly movie. But remember, this is before Disney owned everything. That's yes. true. <laughs> this was still considered a family movie, and like if you read the reviews, they all talk about how it's a family movie. And I saw this as a child, cho- well, young preteen. I saw this as an adult and did not think it was a family movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, so just then we hear a noise. Ben says, what's that? Captain Ron says, water pump. Because Martin and Catherine are down below, and Martin wants to get it on. He takes off his shorts, and is wearing a, nice a dress, shirt. a polo dress. <laughs> it's so the, big. This, a polo shirt dress. It's like this guy should be wearing like a small, he and he's wearing a like a double XL. Yeah. He needs a little belt, and this is a cute look. <laughs> this is what would happen if Gwen put on one of Tony's sweaters. <laughs> Gwen is our daughter. She's very petite. And she's a little girl. She would just need a belt, and it would be cute. Yeah, it's a sweater. <laughs> yeah. But he takes off his shorts, and his shirt was tucked in, and yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't. Oh, so pe- I'm surprised it wasn't peeking out the bottom of his shorts <laughs> because the shirt is like to his knees. Hello, uh, it's a bit much. And so was his um. But Catherine, we don't know that. But Catherine is like these. Yeah, wall- he's short, name only. Kitty says these walls are thin, and she's concerned they're all good here. And he's like, I've thought of that, and he turns on the shower. They're gonna so, do some shower salami. Well, are they? (laughs) So they get in the shower, and there's a mop in the shower, and there's not very much room in this shower. In fact, I think the shower that Gwen has in her house is bigger than this. It is. I have cleaned a Winnebago shower, and they're little. Yeah. And that appears to be bigger than this boat shower. Yeah, this is tiny. And um, I really am surprised that you both fit in it. And plus the cameraman that was shooting. That's true. <laughs> Very true. It's a but there's a mop in the shower, so they put Martin puts the mop outside the door, and when he shuts the shower door, the mop falls and falls over the handle, so they're trapped in there, but they don't know. Yeah. And so and the the little whatever they have that's holding this door shut is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> the seal, the seal yes, on the door. The seal is good. But so you know, 
Speaking of seal, I can pay. They're playing hide the salami, and they're giggling, and it's like Batman for you. You know, they're having a hard time having this shower. Well, yeah, they are. It's like you always do. There's a little bit of that There's some degree of difficulty here, but they're into it, and they're laughing, and then Kitty drops. The washcloth, and he's like, "Don't let it go down the drain." Why like, does they have a washcloth in there? I don't know, but it gets because he was just hanging. Maybe he there. was gonna help her out and wash her bosoms. Nice, you know, give I, her some personal it's, attention. It's fine to clean each other before you have the hibbity dibbity outside of the shower. Maybe that was the original plan. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but all I do know is that the washcloth accidentally gets sucked partially down the drain. Yeah, so now the drain is clogged. So they try to turn off the water, and the handle breaks. So now we can see... This boat is a POS. <laughs> so now they're trapped. The water is rising in the shower. Now, this is where I said to John, did you see the boobies? And John's like, what boobies? I Tony said, you can see her boobs. And then I they move. The they move, and, and you can see her boobs. I saw the butt. I did not see the boobs. Yeah, there's boobs. Well, I'm watching, and I'm like, are they going to show her boobies? And they do. And I was like, that's her boobs. Like, this is necessary. Tony said that, and I was like, what? I missed there her. You go. I did see her butt, reading. too. Yeah, well, you can see her butt and Martin's butt. But yeah, before, do you think he had when a butt she that was fully clothed, I said, that woman has a nice Do you think somebody went home and got excited? Like, I'm going to be Martin Short's butt. I'm going to tell you what. She has a nice body. <laughs> well, this movie was rated PG-13. Hmm. So remember back when PG-13 meant boobies. It doesn't yeah. mean that now. Now no. it's nudity That's is rated hard, R. Like, it meant underage drinking and boobies. Yeah. Wow. And cussing. He, he says yeah. F-bomb, doesn't he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, people are fucking wimps now. <laughs> but so they we flash back up to Captain Ron and... Um, he hears that they're still in the shower. And he is like, look, I got to go talk to them because they're going to use up all the fresh water. So he goes down to tell them. Hey, boss. And he comes in and he sees that there's a situation, that they've been trapped in the shower. It's filling up with water. And he can yeah, see it's butts. It's like their chests now. Yeah. But a lot of water filled in the shower. That seal is a, working. He takes, a James, James Bond villain trap at this point. He <laughs> takes his time to appreciate butts. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got a butt like, and then he's would. like, um, hey, boss. And they're like, Cap- hey, Catamaran. And he's like, you know, you shouldn't take long showers. It eats up all the fresh water. And they're like, oh, thanks for letting us know. Catamaran. We're drowning. Turns they're off like, the but, water and they're like, please go away. And he says, you know, there's a mop. Ha-. Yeah, he turns off the water. That's how they know he's in there because he turns off the water pump. And Catamaran's like, hey, boss, uh, you know, you got a mop handle here wedged in the door shut. And uh, Martin's like, yeah, yeah, I knew that. And Kitty goes, I didn't know that. And he's like, oh, you want me to get that for you? And they're like, no, no. But he does. And he opens the door. And they fall out with all this water. Kitty immediately grabs a towel, jumps back in like the shower, and shuts the door. She doesn't want to see her bosoms. Martin stands up and is just all butt booty naked. And he's like, hello. He's got nothing to be ashamed of. He's far and long. He's just talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his spots all out there. Oh, his spots. He's got his spots. It's been for 10 minutes. We don't have a problem with it. And uh, Captain Ron grabs the mop and is like, oh, you want me to clean up all this water? They're like, no, get the fuck out, yeah. dude. And he's like, no, no, uh, we got it. It's a boat. It'll be fine. And uh, Captain Ron's like, all right. So he, it's very awkward and he takes a long time to leave. But he finally does and goes back upstairs. And Ben's like, what happened? 
And this is when I thought he walked and up and Ben had his beard. No, Ben like was happened. trying to cheat. <laughs> he was trying to steal his money. And Captain Ron is like, you're not taking my money, is it? Are you? And Ben's like, no, no. So what happened? And then he says, oh, they were playing hide the salami in the shower. And then Ben spits beer all over. <laughs> He's like, no, no, I don't need to know that. And then he tells Ben that he owes him two fifty for the beer. At one part earlier, and before he goes downstairs, he says something about, um, like Ben owes him a bunch of money, like, and it's Ben's all like, his that's money, like all I have. And he and Captain Ron says shit happens, pay up or something, because it's a, they say it like a couple of times during the movie. And then we skip ahead to day five. We're out to sea, and we're working on cleaning up the boat. Martin thinks Captain Ron is an idiot. And he does these Captain's Log kind of voiceovers where he says what day it is and talks about how idiotic Captain Ron is. And um, on this day in particular, they're cle- he's watching Captain Ron steer, and he looks kind of like an idiot. He's got sunscreen on his lips and his nose, and he kind of looks a little bit like a zombie. <laughs> and there's a fly, and he's following it, and Captain Ron... Turns the wheel real fast so he can catch the fly, and everybody goes flying. Uh-huh. And uh, he's not impressive. And then uh, Ben's trying to use a sander, but it's not working. So Captain Ron just abandons the helm and goes downstairs to plug it in. And Martin is like looking, and he's like, "What the fuck? Get back on the helm!" And Ron, uh, the sander won't work. So Ron licks the plug. And then plugs it in, <laughs> which you should not do. This no, is bad, bad. Don't do that. That's how you get electrocuted. It and is. the sander, which at this point has been unattended, comes on, flies across the deck, and hits Martin in the, into the water with a Wilhelm scream. Yeah. And um, they hear the splash, and everybody comes running. And they're like, and Kitty says, Martin, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. Captain Ron's like, I got this. And he gets the ladder and throws it at him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't throw it at him. He kind of like trips and drops it, and it hits Martin in the head. And Captain's run like, always oh, still cl- st- stay clear of the ladder, boss. But he didn't hold it, so now it's just in the water. It just sinks. So uh, he's back on the boat, and then we get we see Captain Ron teaching them about the boat. Missing mast. Missing halyard went. I don't know. Port. Starboard, the poop deck. Anywho, he's like quizzing him. Forward and aft. Martin does not pass the quiz, but Kitty does. Yep, and he teaches her how to steer, and he's behind her, and they're moving with is the this waves. Is he's wearing the Speedo? <laughs> um, yes, I do believe this is... I was like, perhaps he is all up behind her in the Speedo. Yeah. He's got the Captain Schlong out. Yeah, he's got the, you know, Snake Plissken has came for a visit. The, the red Come banana snake. hammock is quite... Itty. It's quite tight. You can see his business. <laughs> and she was looking. It's obvious. She was looking at his yeah. dick. You if have you card. <laughs> you can if, see his tango and cash. <laughs> <laughs> you can see that he's got no ego, but you can see the entire living planet. You can see the thing. <laughs> anyway, what else we got? Oh god. His jack his jack is Burton. You can see his soldier. <laughs> the check is in the mail, sir. You can see all of the hateful one. <laughs> in his backdraft. It's so hot, it'll give you the backdraft. <laughs> all right, I think we've covered the whole list. Uh, yeah, what else we got? All right, good. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. right, so. The king 
is not to, dead. He's trying to escape from New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, he's <laughs> trying to escape. No, no, no. <laughs> he's got one hell of a trouser snake. <laughs> All right. So, Caroline is this this so Caroline is complaining to Catherine as they're scrubbing the boat about how she's this was supposed to be a Caribbean cruise. Why can't we take a real cruise? We're not supposed to be scrubbing. And why aren't we going anywhere where there's people? And Ron finds the camcorder. And he also found Kitty's ass. <laughs> takes a nice long lingering look on Kitty's. But did you have to let it linger? Yes. Did you have to? He did, did you have, have to? to let it linger. Have to let but it Martin, linger. he let it Martin, linger so long Martin saw. Martin catches was... him peeping. And then um, Caroline sees them and wants to know if they're going anywhere with actual people. And Captain Ron says, well, you heard of St. Croix? And she's like, yes. And he goes, we're going to the island just next to it. What's it called? Tits. (laughs) No, that's not what I had in mind. Thank you, Captain Ron. (laughs) But Martin lectures uh, Captain Ron on the sophisticated piece of equipment that is his camcorder. And then... a 64-page instruction manual, which he read cover to cover. Did you read... That instruction manual. No, nobody fucking reads that shit. You just read the parts of how to use it. Look, <laughs> if it was sixty-four pages, we know that at least thirty-two of them are in another language That's as well. True. Yes, that is very 100%. true. hundred percent. So you read the Spanish version? You just yeah. read what Maybe. you need to read. It might have. There might have been one in Japanese too. Whoa. You you probably got English, French, Spanish, and Japanese. Because she's not wrong. No, so, so it was only like pro- five pages. Way to go. Yeah, that's what we're saying. I just read that page and it's like, this is this, this is that, this is this, this is how you do that. All right, that's all I need to know. (laughs) I look at it and push the buttons. (laughs) We get to day 10. Sailing instruction continues. This is the day that Martin gets hit by the boom and goes into the water again. (laughs) Poor guy, just keeps getting pushed overboard. Martin, are you okay? He's having a rough time. Kitty and the kids, they're starting to get into it. They start to know what's going Martin on. Martin is getting right out of it. Yeah. He's like, fuck this trip. I'm done. <laughs> they arrive at an island. And Martin is pissed. Because Captain Ron is not the island he planned. Stick him to the wrong island. Oh, uh, you know. Turns out the island they want is behind him. They were going to go see some ruins. He planned this spontaneous trip. Start <laughs> to finish. All the fortifications and cannons. It's still there. But they're not going to see it. Because they pass that island. And Kitty, Kitty's like, look, he's sorry. It could, ha- it happens. I'm sure it's no big deal. There's a lot of eyes. It happens to a lot of guys. Chinese but- got a lot of eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well played, Carl. But, oh, we missed that one. But he's, so he feels good. bad. Captain Ron feels bad. So he's <laughs> taking them out to lunch. They're getting some bongo burgers. But Martin is not impressed with this. He's like, let's let's make the best of it. All right, let's go explore this island. And Caroline's like, but I just ordered my chili fries, yeah, Dad. Yeah, we're hungry. We want to eat, dude. They don't Wait. care. And he's like, well, I'm going for a walk. And Captain Ron says, boss, be careful. There's gorillas out there. And Martin says, no, there's not. No. There's no fucking gorillas out there. And Captain Ron's like, no, no, there's gorillas out there. It's like gorillas are native to Africa. <laughs> no, he says to equatorial Africa, like a douchebag. There are not gorillas on this island. So 
And he, Tony goes, he said gorilla-like, the animal. But did not say gorilla-like, the fighter. Because <laughs> there's gorillas and gorillas. Which did not occur to me until... No. <laughs> so you're the, awesome. That makes me really happy. So, so he's like, stay on the path. And Martin's like, whatever. And he stomps off. And Kitty's like, stay on the path. So he gets just kind of out of their sight. And he's talking to himself. He's muttering to himself, stay on the path. And then he just cuts off into the woods. Which is a fucking jungle on an island. Like, this is a damn idea. I don't care how mad I am. I'm in a foreign place and there's a path. I'm staying on it. (laughs) There's probably bugs and shit that can kill you. So, or plants that'll give you rashes. Animals that will eat you. All true. Martin is stomping through the jungle, muttering to himself. and And he says at one point, if I see a single gorilla, I'll eat it. And then? And then we fell at gunpoint. <laughs> well, and then he walks into a clearing, and he gets held at gunpoint. And it's gorillas. While he's off hiding in the jungle, by the way, everybody's doing the mambo back at They're having a good old time. The Although, burger bar. multiple times this movie, I asked myself, the fuck is Captain Ron wearing? <laughs> and they're all like, let's dance. And he's dancing with them all. And I'm like, but he looks like a clown. He's <laughs> a Caribbean. He buys a hat from the burger lady. Uh-huh. And he just mambos with Kitty to his heart's content. His Everybody is having a great shirt time. That doesn't close. <laughs> and his purple parachute pants that look like something the Incredible Hulk would wear. And his red speedo. They definitely seem stretchy. Bruce didn't even want to wear the purple pants. <laughs> but Captain Ron is like purple pants. All right. He's. It was the nineties. He's got the look. Can't touch this. Ooh. He's All right. Got the so. Look. Ba- that na 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 na. Oh, sorry, I thought you were doing something else. I I did, but. But she's past it now. <laughs> that evening, Captain Ron has negotiated uh, Martin's release, and uh, Martin is very uh, still mad at Captain Ron. And Kitty's like, "But he got you free, and he warned you about the gorillas." He's like, "No, he said gorilla. He could have said revolutionary freedom fighter. He said gorillas. He knew." And she's like, he'll hear you. And he's well, like, I don't care. Warfare. Like, that's, that's what it is. But <laughs> Martin stomps downstairs to get a different uh, screwdriver because he doesn't have a big enough one. <laughs> and he goes down he has never and he heard sees... that before. He's Martin Long. So Captain Ron, Ben, and Caroline are at the table. And Caroline is, they're arguing about uh, who's going to be what piece in Monopoly while Ben cleans some guns. Mm-hmm. Martin says... What the fuck? All right, first of all, where did Ben learn to clean a gun? Cameron. Cameron had to have shown him. I don't know how to clean a gun. I shot a gun a couple times, but I don't know how to clean it. It's I, not really I never bought one, so no. it's not important. You, but still. You scrub off the carbon and you oil it up. That's yeah. yeah, I mean, is that a job for a swab or a mate? Swab. Mate. I think a swab. Mm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Differing opinions on the Underappreciated Movie Podcast. Well, have ammo, so yeah. Martin comes up and is like, the fuck is happening here? And he's like, oh, guns. He's guns like, uh-huh, like, no man. guns on my boat. And uh, You know where I'd want guns? The fucking Caribbean. Yeah, Ron, Ron says uh, like, he got That's they- all we got? A little bit. <laughs> you got any uh, automatics? You got any RPGs? He says, I thought they were a good idea because we're heading into pirate waters. The pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. Hello? 
pirates. It was like a whole ride or something. And Martin <laughs> says that there are not actual pirates in the Caribbean. And he's How a the fucking fuck idiot. do you know? And Caroline <laughs> points out that Cameron was right about the gorillas. Yeah. And Cameron, you know, lives here. He might know a thing or three. And Which Captain's boat's here? Yeah. Well, but still, but the point that Caroline pointed that out incends him. So he picks up all the guns, and he's like, no guns on my boat, and takes them upstairs. And then Kitty says... I was like, he's not going to throw those guns No, he board, goes on deck, <laughs> and Kitty says, what is that? And he says, automatic weapons, and throws them overboard. And they're not oh. automatic weapons. Whatever. And he says, so Captain Ron... One was a Mac-10. Yeah. And he the said, other two are not. Yep. He says to Kitty that Captain Ron traded them for... So they can't be automatic weapons, I, be automatic weapon. <laughs> And he stops himself because he never heard what Captain Ron traded the gorillas for the guns. And then he asks Captain Ron... Did throw all the guns overboard. Yes. Like, there's no way in the world we're going to ever need a gun. I'm sorry. You're in a yeah. foreign place. <laughs> Just lock them up in your... But, your cabin or whatever you yeah, do, but put them somewhere the kids can't guns. get them. But you probably want to keep at least yeah. one of those guns. But they're kind of naive from Chicago, and Martin does not believe that they're there's any Chicago, way. Though. Keep a gun. <laughs> the murder capital of the world. <laughs> I don't think that's actually. I'm not true. a gun person. I don't have a gun. But in this, case, you live in Norfolk, and you don't have days. a gun. That is true. Amanda has a gun. <laughs> But I, I do not. <laughs> There's enough guns in this house for everybody to be I do armed not own a gun. I own a lot of guns. <laughs> I know. I've seen, I've seen the axe by your bed. <laughs> There's enough guns and ammo in this house to fend off the first wave of the uh, zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Actually, after the weirdo knocked on our door at one in the morning and asked that we let him in because he was hit by a car out in front of our house. Oh, that was nope. Tony found out where Amanda keeps her gun and what the code is to get it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still do not know. <laughs> let me in. I would have been, no. I'll call an ambulance for you, but you're staying on the That's what Tony said. I, I called the cops. the cops. They'll come and they'll the figure out what help you need. That guy was gone by the time the cops got there. Yeah. <laughs> And the cop said, thank God you didn't let him in your house. I gotta tell you, I would... If he was bleeding from his face, I wouldn't let him in the house. I wouldn't have answered the door. I think I just would have called the cop. It just scared the shit out of us. Achilles, Achilles was freaking was out. Was freaking out. Thank I God. answered the Achilles door. Achilles did his job That's, what, that that's when we have Chael. That's why we have Chael. I hold him by the collar and I shake him. He yeah. growls and barks like, oh what? Oh, my God. Would you have, got, would you have gotten your tomahawk? Maybe. But I have a... A hundred pound Rottweiler that I just, if you shake him right, he barks and whoever's at the door, and you just pull him I a little bit, he's trying to get to him. Mealy's woke the whole house up. He might have woke the whole neighborhood up. He was like, Y'all, there is a problem. <laughs> Cross and I were here by ourselves one night. I don't know, I think John might have had midnights that night because it was kind of late. But he comes in the bedroom and he gets the uh, the tomahawk from the side of the bed and I'm like what are you doing he's like I heard a noise <laughs> right. and then he went and I'm like you didn't hear a noise he's like I heard a noise and then I followed him as he cleared the whole house <laughs> <laughs> carrying a little hand axe it was funny when he gets older I'm gonna give him a gun yeah there you go Oh my like, here, goodness. son, use this instead. Yeah. It's yet. a shotgun. He also got a I knife that he just sometimes carries around in case he needs a knife. He's, I used to have hey, a knife in my nightstand drawer when I was married. <laughs> at the was, insistence of my ex-husband. <laughs> so I, I came home one day and I had my work car. And I, I'm in my bedroom and I'm doing, I think I was getting something. I walk in and my son walks behind me with a knife. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, whose car is that? I'm like, that's my work car. He's like, oh. I'm like, 
You put the knife away now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think maybe he's home alone too much? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very confident he's prepared. All right, yeah. so... Martin realizes he doesn't know what Captain Ron has traded the revolutionaries for. for We're still there right an hour and a half in. <laughs> well, you keep interrupting right, me. But he did up. get Hurry rid up. of the guns. So, so he uh, asked, well, he asked Captain Ron what he traded him for. And he says, well, they wanted a ride into San Juan. And Martin is like, there's no way we're taking revolutionaries into San Juan. And Ron's like, well, that's fine. I'll just give him the guns back. And Martin kind of looks over the side, and next thing we know, we got a boat full of revolutionaries. Because yeah. he's like, what'd you trade him for? He's like, actually, nothing. That's the brilliant part. Because we were going there anyway. So I just said they could tag along. And he's like, no, they cannot. Oh, but we don't have the guns. <laughs> because I'm an idiot. <laughs> well. I'm not down with having gorillas on my boat, but I am down with having guns on my boat. Uh-huh. If you had a pick... Guns. Well, maybe if he had asked <laughs> beforehand. I don't know. You, if you bring the gorillas, they have guns. Although, he could have said, no gorillas, also no guns. Everybody would have been fine. Hey, look, if they <laughs> had the gorillas on the boat when the pirates came, they'd have been fine. Let me tell you they'd what. shot back. You know who has guns? The gorillas. Yeah. You know who needed a boat? The gorillas. The gorillas and the guns are getting on your boat, Young or Wells you are guns. The pirates. Guess what? It could have been helpful. But we, there's no pirates up the game. You know oh, they're please. happy. They're feeling glad but, they have right. sunshine in a so, bag. They're gorillas. <laughs> okay, you gotta, you gotta let me. Get through this. <laughs> but not for long. Something <laughs> me out of my cage. Yeah. You gotta let me get through this. We're actually pretty. We're we're fairly through. Like halfway really this are. movie. It's not like halfway there's a lot movie. Left. We're an hour and a half into the podcast. Be quick though. If you had just if we go. <laughs> all right, I'm not talking. So today is the day on the way to San Juan that we finally raise the sails all by ourselves. And they it's very exciting. We were not expecting them to look as good as they did. This no, boat is looking great. It is. They're working really hard. They're learning to sail. It's fantastic. Captain Ron tells Martin to go off and shut off the engine, and he does. And he comes up, and he's just so proud. And then he notices the Captain Ron and Kitty and Caroline and Swab are all at the wheel like, like one big, happy, big family. happy family. And he is not in that picture. And they are not looking for him. Everybody's looking to old Capitan Ron. <laughs> He's not happy. So they get lost again. Is this the storm? No, this is before the storm. So they get lost a second time. And um, the revolutionaries are pissed because they think they have been kidnapped. Yes, they've, they've docked <laughs> on the wrong island. And Captain Ron comes up and says, good news. I asked for directions. I asked for directions. It's 20 miles that way. And I've it? managed to convince the general that it's mostly not your fault. <laughs> Which it wasn't any of his fault. But mostly not your fault. Martin sees a beautifully, barely dressed lady... And she kind of waves at the boat. She's like floating around the yeah. surf. There. She looks like a mermaid. And I'm like, is this in I, his imagination? It does look I a little bit. Mermaid. What I movie is it with the uh, the Hawaiian Christmas song? It's no. the National it, Lampoon's it, Christmas home? Vacation. Where he's just imagining the Malakamika. And that's what I thought was happening. Anybody notice? What does he call this girl? Which is like, hey, who are you pointing at? What does he say? Oh. He says, hey, babe. Mm. Interesting. Hey, babe, who are you pointing at? Mm. Just saying. Somebody, All right. Somebody else he calls babe. 
Uh oh. And then he calls her he by her name. With her. No, he says babe. He does he say does to her. Martin what her name is. Yeah, and then every he, time I'm on the every time I'm near her, she wants she my wants body. Man, she knows she says she wants my man. But for man some her. reason, and this and actually she, she doesn't it's weird because I don't Maliki Liki Maka. I'm sorry. I thought he was imagining this chick though. I didn't think she was real until Captain Ron came and then swam to her and they had the And he like <laughs> Captain Ron waves at her and he's like, I don't think she's waving at you and he's like, Of course she is and we found out yes indeed she is waving at Captain Ron and that uh, he says confidentially speaking, I've I've gotten lost here before. I knew exactly where we are as soon as I saw blah blah. Can't remember her name. And then he dives in the water to go get a little something something. And this enrages Martin. Yeah. This enrages Martin to the fact, to the point where he goes to get the flare gun and is going to shoot it at Captain Run. Fucking stupid. Uh, Well, it's stupid for multiple reasons because he's in love with his wife. And just because a pretty girl waved at him but wasn't actually waved, like, what did he think was going to happen here? This is one. There is is a weird thing about this that I thought it, it stuck in my mind the whole movie. At some point in the very beginning of the movie, Captain Ron is explaining his situation, and he says all of his bosses get jealous of him. Yes, and it was really weird, and it it, it goes through the whole movie. Because Ben, well, and Ben had said at one point, I don't think said so, when they were on the island at the burger place. Mm-hmm. Ben had said something about how Dad doesn't like you much. Yeah, and Captain Captain Ron says, "No, oh, the boss he like." Real close, and mm-hmm. then he said, and then he said something about, yeah, you know, they all seem to they get all jealous. Seem of to me. get jealous of me, but because the whole movie, Martin is as the family trusts Ron more and more. Martin is slowly losing it. Yeah, just gets angrier and angrier, and it's weird that this is the inciting event. But mm-hmm. he lifts the flare gun up like he's going to shoot Ron, and then he's like, no, this is ridiculous. Points it down. Ben comes up, startles him, and he shoots the bow. <laughs> like he's Don, Knotts and then. Ben shouts, Dad, the boat's on fire. Dad, the boat's on fire. Mom! Mom! Mom. Martin goes downstairs to find the flare. Dad set the boat on fire. Dad set the boat on fire. To be fair, he does get the flare off the boat, which is the only... And and he he grabs the flare. Why did he turn the shower on? I don't know if it would cut off from the shower. Probably not flare. But he does get a little... Flyers well, those, it off. those flares stay good deep, deep underwater. They're yeah. big enough to, they're good enough to distract a Meg. We talked about how they could use them in the Meg. <laughs> Max, moving on. But he gets the flare, and I'm like, go upstairs and throw it in the water. But he's, he's like, I think he's blind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does manage to get it out of porthole, but, and it does blind him. Like, yeah, it would burn your retinas. Yeah. And later that evening, as Martin and Catherine are walking along the beach, and he hits his head on a palm tree that he <laughs> She's can't like, see. I wish you could see this. It's so beautiful. <laughs> She's like, it's worth getting lost for. And he's like, I can sort of see. It's just mostly spots. And then he hits his head. No, you can't. You and can't see shit. He's <laughs> like, look, we have got to get rid of Captain Ron. And she's, she's like, like, look, getting lost has been nice. This is a beautiful place. He's like, look, I had a plan for our spontaneous trip. <laughs> and he said, and she says, tomorrow we'll be in San Juan. We can sit down. We can talk about this. And he's like, okay. And she says, I found a cool thing when I was stripping the cabinets in the bedroom. I want to show you. And so I was thinking, now she's ready to get down. She is. <laughs> I think they do. So on the boat, we see Caroline flirting incompetently with a young, attractive revolutionary. Yeah, it's awkward. Lots of question marks at the end of that sentence. It's yeah. awkward. And Ben is playing Monopoly with the general, 
And the general lands on Park Place. With three hotels. With three hotels. Which they don't know how to play Monopoly. And the translator says, but that's all the general's money. And Ben says, yes, shit happens, pay up. Catherine takes um, Martin into the bedroom. And Ben comes in and says, mom, can we have drinks? And she says, yes, and closes the door. Then he bursts in again, will you get them for us? And she says, no, and shuts the door. Get them for yourself, you piece of shit. She (laughs) says, mom and dad are talking. And then she goes to walk away from the door the third time, but then goes back and locks it so he can't come back in. He's not a little kid. Despite the fact that he spilled milk earlier and just left it. Yeah. He's not a little kid. He's probably like nine or ten, maybe. I think probably ten. because it was like ten or eleven. Oh, let's let's go with ten. Nine and a half. And then... um, My niece is ten. She would not spill milk and leave it. Yeah. (laughs) So, Caroline... Uh, Catherine, sorry, Kitty sh- goes to show Martin what she saw, and Martin's like, "Yes, it's ro- it's beautiful," and she's like, "Oh, honey, your eyes," and takes his finger and traces over some initials carved into the boat, and it says CG plus CL, and he doesn't get it, but she says it's Clark Gable and Carol Lombard, and then she says, "Imagine them sleeping in this bed under these cherubs," and then she wants to get. Some hibbity dippity. She has been putting some blood, sweat, and tears into refinishing this boat. Yeah. She is working her ass off yeah. refinishing this boat <laughs> and making it a beautiful place. But, <clears throat> all right, it's the next day. Everybody gets back on the boat and they're heading to San Juan. Martin is in a great mood because he, he got, got laid. Charged by. The best sex they've had in three years, if they don't Mm -hmm. count that one time in the car. And sex as an adult? (laughs) Not the best. I don't know. It's like bad pizza. Well, I mean, but maybe if you always have like boring missionary sex and then you spice it up one time by having it in the car, it could be fun. Who knows? Depends on the car, I guess. I don't have a boring sex life, so I wouldn't know. You have a fiat. <laughs> so I not, said, no I've been way. in the back of the Fiat. I'm I can tell you. Fiat. <laughs> like, nobody having no sex in a Fiat. <laughs> I said, so I, I don't have a boring sex life, so I wouldn't know. And then John says, you have a Fiat. Ain't nobody having which... no sex in a Fiat. <laughs> so then. You ever had sex in a Fiat? <laughs> So So they head off to San Juan, but Squall comes out of nowhere. And the general is worried that they're going to sink. But Martin says everything's okay, we're not going to sink. But then Captain Ron comes down and says, hey, everybody wants, you should be up on deck because we don't want to be here. on water, you don't want to be down here. here. So they go up and Martin is trying to convince everybody it's fine. He's like, we got our chart right here and we got our compass. And Captain Ron holds up the chart, and the wind blows He's away. He's like, we got the chart. And Captain Ron opens the thing and takes the chart out in the pouring rain. <laughs> and, and then the it wind blows and away. The storm. And guess what? No more chart. Shocker. And then Martin says, but we still got our compass. And when he touches it, it falls off. Which this has happened about three times <laughs> yes. because of dry rot. But they've lost their compass. And now everybody is really concerned they're lost and going to die. But Captain Ron says, no, the boss is right. We are almost to land I know it. And Martin says, 
How? You're right, Ryan. You know. <laughs> Explain it to everybody so that they know. And he says, because we had just enough fuel to get to San Juan, and we are now out of fuel. And then Martin completely loses it and tries to kill Like Cat you Ron. would. And Cat <laughs> is like, oh, it's just storm sickness. I've seen this before. Somebody put something in his mouth so he doesn't bite his tongue. Like, Cameron totally plays it off a bit like Martin did not just try to kill him. But Caroline, about it. Caroline, up by the mast, says, wait, wait. I see lights. They've spotted land. It's mysteriously not stormy. And they're at San Juan. Second movie in a row where storms are awfully convenient. They start and stop when it's convenient. The word they're for is amazing. It's day 20, and they've survived a storm at sea. And they have reached San Juan to go to Carnival. So everybody's kind of walking through the streets in the middle of the party, and Martin and Catherine are ahead, and Martin is saying, look, we got to fire him. We have to get rid of him. He's a lunatic. And Kitty's like, but he saved us. He brought us through the storm. And Martin is like, we almost didn't make it. That doesn't matter. Let's get rid of them. So they're fighting. And they tell the kids to stay close. But they're not really paying attention to the kids. As they go for a walk through the incredibly crowded streets of Carnival. Yeah. You want them to stay close. You stay still. Caroline (laughs) is, of course, distracted by a handsome man with dreadlocks. And Cat and Ron is bumped and loses his eye. And sends Ben to look for it, and they get separated. <laughs> it kind of bounces around on the ground. So and he's like, "There it is." Meanwhile, Ben has lost his glasses. Yeah, so yeah. he can't see shit anyway. Yeah. They're not paying attention to their kids. They get down to the bottom of like they're at this hill. They turn around and they're like, "Where is the kids? Where are the kids? Uh, they're gone." And they go yeah. back and they can't find the kids. And then Ben and Captain Ron give up looking for Captain Ron's glass eye. And then Ben's like, "Where's Mom and Dad?" He's like, "Look." It wasn't fitted for me anyway. We're not going to get it back. It's cool. I'll just be without the eye. But so we're all lost. And the next thing we see is what looks to be a police station. But they're not reporting missing children. They're actually in jail. Martin and Catherine are in jail. And Catherine is explaining that she's not trying to start a fight. She just thinks it might not have been a good idea for Martin to mention that they brought armed revolutionaries onto the island. Which feels Duh. like an actual conversation I would have in real life. <laughs> I would never do that. You're going to be mine. No, but that one of those things, like, I'm not trying to start a fight. But the thing you did was so incredibly dumb. Uh-huh. It feels like, and I'm John's not even. like, I'm going to need an example. <laughs> and I'm not even saying that I'm the one that would be Catherine and John would be Martin in this scenario. I'm just saying that oh, that I would type never be of able to tell you. Conversation, conversation feels very realistic to yeah, me. Yeah, I would never be able to tell you you shouldn't have said that. You would lose your shit. So. I would ask for a different sentence. I say a lot of shit I shouldn't have said, so this is real for us. I'm the one like, that Like, you put me in another cell with, like, I'm a I'm always the one that blasts. <laughs> I, uh, concur. <laughs> but, bulldog to the rescue. Good news. It's not cancer, buddy. No. Nope. <laughs> they're letting you go. Could have been cancer. But, they're kicking you off the island. Bye. Oh, really? When? Right the fuck now. Right now. So he escorts this them back to their boat. Confusing. He escorts them to the boat. I'd be like, wow, Then they get off the well, boat. <laughs> well, they get to the boat and they find out there's a big party going on. Because, and this is great, Captain Ron, they lost their parents, so Captain Ron said, well, let's just bring everybody back to the boat and we'll wait for your parents there. That's actually a good plan and what you would do if you were fucking lost. And how come uh-huh. they didn't check the boat? They should. Uh-huh. 
They immediately but, are like, where are the kids? Let's get off but this we boat. Run into Even though Caroline. we were just exiled to the boat. Well, <laughs> they're not trying to get off. They're trying to find the kids yes. so they can... So they find Caroline partying, dancing with this guy, and she's like... Oh, I can't remember the character's name. And she's like, he's a great artist. He gave me a tattoo. And they're like, what now? And she's like, it was a... They... What did... She said she said it's just a tiny rose, and mom's like where? And she's like no at his shop at mama's shop, and then mom is like no where on your body? And she says that's personal. It's somewhere (laughs) kind of personal. And Martin gets mad and he says you let a guy with a spider on his head tattoo you somewhere (laughs) kind of person kind of private, dad. Yeah, yeah, it's a little. little, uh, I like that she corrects him right away though about the dreadlocks because it makes it not quite as terrifying. I know, but the way he calls it a spider is a little bit not okay. But they cut the music as she's yelling at him, and all of a sudden, Ben comes up, and Ben is carrying a beer, and he has a giant eagle tattooed on his chest, and he's not wearing a shirt. (laughs) And he says, hey, what happened to the music? And then he spots his parents, and he goes, "Uh uh-oh, and takes off running through the crowd. And they chase him back to the boat where he runs downstairs and hops in the shower because his tattoo is temporary and he's going to wash it off. And Martin comes chasing down after him and trips on a bunch of beer bottles at the bottom of the stairs. And we see Angelique and she says, I told you to pick up your bottle. See, it's dangerous. And Ben pops out of the shower to say that they were playing strip Monopoly. Which seems like a bad idea with a little kid. And then he pops back in. A little bit. (laughs) And Martin gets really pissed and Ben says he comes out and he shows his parents that his tattoo is only fake and that it comes off. And uh, they say his Caroline's fake. And then Captain Ron says, oh, no, that's primo work, boss. So <laughs> Captain Ron saw her kind of private tattoo. Mm-hmm. Wow. But she wouldn't tell her parents even where it was. So Martin fires Captain Ron and kicks him off the boat. And Ron says that they own Angelique and her. They owe her $500. I think. Yeah. Because she had Park Place with and he's like, look, a bunch of hotels. She was getting on us, but I think if you let me play for a little bit longer, I can get the leg <laughs> They up. were only playing strip poker because they ran out of money. But, my question is, but they how figured is that out her strategy. Problem. It should be Ron's problem. And they can work out a way to make it work against her now if they, if they just give them more time to play. And he's like, no, fuck you. Get yeah, off my basically. boat. You're right. And he says, Roscoe isn't getting sh- jacked. Roscoe P. Coulson? No, Roscoe the creepy but, uh, pirate of the Caribbean. But Roscoe's not going to be okay with not getting jacked. Mm. We learn. But So they're out to sea again, and he's fired Ketron. So everybody is kind of sad and a little angry with Martin because of the way he acted, although, I don't know. It, it seems like he made the correct choices when you find out your kids, one's been tattooed, one's been drinking beer mm-hmm. and playing strip poker. But it just makes me think of My Girl 2 when he was when my girl she too. got her ears pierced and they were like, Don't start shaving your legs, I can't send you home hairless and full of holes. <laughs> nice. Like it's oh it, there's a point where your parent is not okay with this shit. But they're, <laughs> as they're talking, Catherine spots something behind them and she Beta says, Honey, I tell honey, you, what. you remember that Roscoe person? And Ben shouts, It's the Pirates of the Caribbean! And next we see they're um, adrift in a life raft. Sure could use some guns. Their boat yeah. was a stolen. Yep. Yes, they it did was, not have any, any guns to defend themselves with. It was the Pirates of the Caribbean. 
We see that they have fallen asleep in the life raft as it comes to shore. You know what's amazing? Martin's head is... He you wakes know what's up amazing? When he, the lack of sunburn in this movie. <laughs> because Ben would be a tomato and miserable the no, entire time. Is there a life raft in the middle of the ocean? And they float right where their boat is. No, well, that's because uh, it's, it's a movie. It's not amazing. That's amazing. That's a plot device. That's amazing. It's a plot device. <laughs> but they wake up when Martin hits his head on a boat, and they're near land, so they paddle into shore, and they get out of the boat, and Martin they're says, in Cuba. Stay here while I find out where we are. What else is amazing is when they get out of the life draft, Kitty has her purse, which somehow has money and credit cards, because she says when the shop's open in five hours, we'll buy some dry clothes. Yeah. Martin sees that they're in Cuba, tells everybody to get back in the boat, and they're like, what's the big deal? He's like, we can't be in Cuba. He says some terrible things about Cuba that makes him sound like an uninformed white ass. But his wife is like, look, they did the Today Show in Cuba. Like, it's not that bad. We'll be all right. That's scare-tastic stuff that they used to preach to you. Like, oh, the communists, they will set you on fire. As they're arguing, Ben kind of wanders a little far away and spots... Their boat. So they go down to the marina and they see the pirates looting their boat. Caroline almost gives their position away when she sees them handling her <laughs> under things, but they manage to shut her up before it's, Which is what a, what a dumb white girl would do. Mm-hmm. Is you can't do that. Like, bitch, we're in Cuba. Yeah. A 16-year-old entitled girl. Yes. They have a quick family huddle and uh, everybody seems to be under the impression that they should steal the boat back. And Martin is like, the Harvey family against pirates, it would take a miracle. Like, he is honestly the voice of reason, because they cannot fight pirates. Luckily, there's a miracle coming. But honk, honk, Captain Ron to the rescue pulls up in a classic automobile. And how did he know they would be here? That's amazing. He didn't. He said, I didn't. Lucky guess. Just lucky. He causes a distraction, everybody hops into the car, and they escape with the pirates chasing them. Then we get a fun little cartoon car chase, and they swing back around the marina. Captain Ron says, boss, you go start the boat, we'll go around again to throw him off the scent, and then pulls away with Kitty and the kids still in the car. And Martin's like, wait, wait, but the pirates are coming, so he then does go run to try to start the boat. He's having a lot of trouble starting the boat. As Captain Ron and the kids and Kitty and the kids come back, the boat still isn't fucking started. Captain Ron's like, all right, I'm going to go help him. And he does, he, Captain Ron goes downstairs and falls and hurts his leg and is kind of out of commission. Oh, yeah, he hurt his leg. He broke it. The bones practically punched through the skin there. <laughs> <laughs> but Martin finally gets the boat started. The kids cast yeah, off. And they're Which pulling. Was his job. <laughs> and they're pulling away from the dock. Now, the pirates are trying to, you know, running along the dock and trying to get on the boat. And Caroline is throwing shit at them to knock them from getting on the boat, and they escape. And it's working. It's working. Mm-hmm. They're the worst pirates ever. So Captain Jack would have got on the boat. But mm-hmm. they escape. They make it out to sea, and everything's hunky dory. Oh wait, the engine stops. And Martin realizes he forgot to put oil in it, which was probably why it wasn't starting. Yeah, yeah as soon as he was out in trouble starting it, I was like, and oil in it. Yeah. They go That's down, and Captain Ron sa- they go down to check on the engine, and Captain Ron says, it's too late, boss. The bearings are burned up. Mm. We're dead in the water. Also, those pirates aren't going to be okay with the fact that we sold the boat back. They're going to come after us. 
And Ben says, but Captain Ron can. And Captain Ron says, sorry, squad, kind of out of commission here. Um, and they kind of do a family huddle, and they all look around. Because Captain Ron has overheard, they said in the car once Martin had gotten out, that Dad tries hard, but he's just, they kind of imply he's kind of incompetent. And Captain Ron hears this, and he's the kind of guardian angel that wants to bolster his, his people. So he's using this as an opportunity to put Martin in charge. Martin's going to make the big decision. And he decides that they got to get the sails up. So they go and they put up the sails. As soon as the family goes upstairs to get the sails up, uh, Cameron, who's faking his leg injury, <laughs> gets up and finds the radio and starts calling to the Coast, Coast, Guard. Coast Guard. Well, and to Guantanamo Bay. And Guantanamo Bay. Because, hey, wake up. We got some sh- the Harvey family out here. So they get the sails up. These guys are taxpayers. <laughs> they get the sails up. Um, there's a fun part with uh, Martin and Caroline where they're trying to catch the wind with the sail. And he says, come on, you're a tough chick. You got a tattoo now. And she says, it's only a little tattoo. And he says, well, then be a little tough, which is kind of a fun. It's a cute father-daughter moment. You get the impression that he is he goes easier on her than her mother does just like the mother goes it's a it's a daddy's girl mama's boy situation well and instead of being you know disappointed in her cuz she got a tattoo he's you know hey you're, he always you're tough. sees the best but it looks like they're going to make it cuz they get the sails up they got the wind behind them they're making good time but here comes old Roscoe and his boat's got guns mm-hmm. and he is fucking firing yeah. a f- 50 cal at them? Shooting them up. Something. They all but drop. He, and at luckily one point, if he was shooting that shit, he wouldn't get a whiff. <laughs> and Catherine gets pissed, and she pulls out the flare gun. And she says, you blew a hole in our boat with this, and I'm going to blow a hole in theirs. And she stands up, shoots the flare gun at him. It hits the boat, and there's a big ex- explosion <laughs> in the water. She doesn't hit the boat. And this is oh, one wait. hell of a flare gun. It's yeah. not her. It's the U.S. Coast Guard, and they're saved. Martin goes downstairs to tell Captain Ron they're saved and find Captain Ron jumping up and down, talking into the um, radio. And he says, hey, boss, the leg feels a lot better. I've always been a fast healer. Of course, I believe in Jesus, so that helps. (laughs) But Martin knows he he faked it. And then um, the Coast Guard comes over the radio asking them to identify themselves, and they want to speak to the captain. And Captain Ron looks at Martin and says... That's you, boss. You're the cat in that. So, it's day 30. They've made it to Miami. We say goodbye to Captain Ron. He kept his promise to Ben and promoted him from squab to mate. He traded grooming tips with Caroline. She's got some fun braids in her hair. (laughs) And he kissed Catherine. With a little bit of tongue. With with tongue. And uh, just just like he came into their lives, he disappeared. One minute he was there, the next minute he was gone. And you see him do the whole cinematic thing where he walks away. And a bus and he looks gone. back, and then a bus flies by, and then when a the bus goes by, he's gone. He's gone. And then we see the boat broker. He's with his guy. Mr. Paul Anka. Mr. Paul Anka. He's telling his buddy or his employee that when the boat comes, the Harvey boat's supposed to arrive today, we're going to pull it out of the water. And the guy's like, do you want it surveyed? And he's like, oh, no, it's a hunk of junk. We're going to pull it out and chop it up for parts. Mm. And we see 
the Harveys are sailing the boat into the dock, and everybody's it looks really sad. Beautiful. It, it is, is not the same boat that they left in. No. <laughs> There's blood, sweat, and tears that went in that boat. You can't even see where Roscoe shot up that deck. No. Mm-hmm. Pristine sails. Catherine is down doing a final once over in the bedroom. It's Bristol and, fashion. And has an epiphany. She goes upstairs and says, The way I see it, we can sell this boat. We can go back to our routine in Chicago. Or we don't. And they all look at each other and they make the dumbest decision because remember all that credit card debt, that second mortgage, they've already taken a month off work. And, How are they going to pay for this lifestyle? To be have fair, a house, um, yes. all that credit card debt and stuff's going to go away now because they don't live in the U.S. They're not sending people down to the fucking Caribbean to look for them. No, but <laughs> how, are they, How are they going to keep the boat up to scruff and make money for supplies? It's a good, yeah. it's a good question, boss. Who knows? <laughs> we don't know. Because they turn around and they're not going home. But they turn that boat around and uh, Kitty says, where are we going? And he says, I don't know. Also, but if we get lost... Roscoe and his dudes are out there just past the U.S. waters. Mm. <laughs> They're after us. And he says, I don't know. But if we get lost, we'll just pull in somewheres and ask for directions. And they turn that boat around and they sail off into the blue. And Mr. Paul Anka is saying, hey, where are you going? Where are you going? But that they never answer. It's nice now. I want it. <laughs> no, he's still probably going to pull it apart. But that's the end. We see as they come out of the marina, we see Captain Ron pop up in a small little speed, a nice new fancy small yacht. I guess it would be it's a, small, not a yacht. small speedboat. It's fine by how long it is. And he's with a new couple. Looks, and uh, look completely different. Co- yeah, he looks like he's from Miami Vice. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. And uh, he calls the wife Babs. Her name's Barbara. <laughs> and he's like, well, let's take her on out. If anything's going to happen, uh, happen, it's going to happen out there. And the husband is like, well, we just bought it today. We were just kind of looking at it. And he's like, come on, let's go, Babs. And they pull it out. And the husband, again, looks very apprehensive. But the wife looks like she's having the time of her life. And that's the end. Oh, good. I mean, okay. John, why don't you go first? Oh, my favorite character is um Captain Ron. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character is Martin mm-hmm. because he's um part of that group I like to call the colossally stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes a lot of bad decisions. Um my favorite scene is probably when they're at Carnival. Mm-hmm. That whole that whole scene. My favorite line is your parents are playing hide the slime in the shower. Um <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my favorite tertiary object is Captain Ron's red banana hammock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's everything. I am going to give this a, a soft yay. If you watch this movie because you saw it as a kid, you'll still enjoy it. If not, you won't. Because Sounds more like a May Bay, but it's too late you said soft yay. <laughs> it's canon now. The, the alcohol is spoken. Next! All right, Carly. Hey! So, my favorite character is his wife. Doc Catherine. Kitty. Good. That woman is pouring some blood, sweat, and tears into this boat. No, oh, I want to change mine. It's a completely different boat when they pull up in Miami. Yeah, I want to change mine to hers. Too late. That woman is amazing. Also, amazing. she's right so often. <laughs> she has nice boots. She, uh, she made one bad decision. She did have she nice boots. Martin. Oh, yeah, she's a beautiful lady. So, she's hot. My least favorite character 
I really didn't know who to pick for that. I guess I'll go with Martin. He was kind of annoying. Could have went with Roscoe. Yeah, but he didn't really. He was very predictable. He shot at children. But her husband was like, we're going to do a spontaneous trip. I'm going to plan every second of it, and I'm going to be mad when anything goes awry. Yep. And that's annoying. Yep. <laughs> My favorite line was uh, the one about Australia. Your boat sank. No, no, my, my not my boat. My boss's boat. We hit this reef. Huge son of a bitch ran the whole coast. The Great Barrier Reef? You heard of it? <laughs> Smart lady. Because who hasn't? <laughs> my favorite scene was starting from when they left the first port and he went to sleep and then they arrived in the next port and they had to wake him up and they thought he was dead and then he parked them <laughs> so is that whole part their first foray in the sea and my favorite tertiary object was the clothes because holy crap everybody's clothes it was the we, 90s. it was caroline's clothes and captain ron's clothes and martin's clothes and i even really liked some of what the wife wore catherine's clothes there were some good clothes in i was gonna movie. pick uh martin's night shirt some were hilarious some <laughs> were awful yeah. and some were wonderful but it was just the clothes. so your favorite tertiary <laughs> your favorite tertiary tertiary object is jennifer von Mayenhauser, the, the costume designer. Yes, because she did a great job. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie a Mayday. Okay. It was not for me. But it's I don't tend to like most comedies. So it's me. <laughs> they make these movies for a reason, and that reason is not me. Not I don't fun. tend to like them at all. I don't think I really laughed. Which at all. It's ironic I, because you laugh. So I know much. I laugh. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoyed a lot of parts of this movie, but at, as a whole, I could not turn off the logical part of me that was like, no, you would not do that. No, that does not work. <laughs> and this is why comedies don't work for me. But if they work for you, perhaps you should check it out. So okay. maybe Yeah. Tony. Alright. Favorite character, Ron. Least favorite character, Ben. He's a little shit. <laughs> Favorite line, always been a fast healer. Of course, I believe in Jesus. That probably helps. That was on my short list. Favorite scene is uh, also John's when they go to Carnival. That looked extra like it was pretty fun. My favorite ter tertiary object is the non-floating life preserver. I <laughs> throw it to the boy and it sinks. It's amazing. Uh, I will also soft yay this. Um... There's not a lot going on in this movie, but the wife and Captain Ron are charming enough that you like it. You know what I mean? You, you like their characters. And uh, I probably would watch Captain Ron in something else, too. You know, he was he was really good in this movie. Captain Ron, too? Yeah. Secret Agent Man? Yeah. Secret all right. Tony thought maybe he was a secret agent yes. after he talked to the coach. We were guard. talking about this yeah. earlier that Tony thought he might have been a secret agent, and I think he might have be been a guardian angel sent to <laughs> rejuvenate this family's love for life. And Elaine took it a step further. I was like, I think routine. this guy might be like a SEAL secret agent or something because he changes identity. He might be he Jesus. And she's like, maybe. no, he's an angel. <laughs> maybe. Like, All right. So it's like, oh. But what kind of angel really is he? Is he maybe. like Gabriel or is he Simon? There's <laughs> a big difference. Hmm. Yeah, he's more like uh, Loki. Um, a little chaotic. So my favorite character is Martin. I love Martin. 
I like Martin Short, and I like the character of Martin, and I like how you just slowly watch him go insane. It amuses me. My least favorite character is Caroline. I th- find the character missing a lot of depth. While but I do agree with Tony that Ben is a little shit, I find that funny. Whereas Caroline is just kind of flirts with boys and is a little and complains. So I don't not my not a fan. My favorite scene is when they get lost the first time and everybody's having lunch while and Mambo dancing while Martin is stomping through the jungle and gets apprehended by gorillas. <laughs> I just really like that. My favorite line is Dad, the boat's on fire. Dad, the boat's on fire. Mom, Mom, Dad, let the boat on fire. Cracks me up every time. I love it. I love the way that kid delivers that. One? Yes, it makes me laugh. I love it. Okay. Dad, the boat's on fire. Yeah. Because it's just such a little kid shit thing to do. And my favorite tertiary object is the Clark Gable plus Carol Lombard carving in the bedroom. It's a good one. I love this movie. It makes me very happy. And, um,. It really upsets me that everybody hates Martin, but okay. <laughs> and I'll take your pity birthday him. yays. This is a good... <laughs> good. <laughs> pity birthday yays. This is a fun movie. It's a good time. It's not a big think piece. It's all. It's just a nice, enjoyable afternoon, and that's what I want in a movie. So, uh, I like it. The Carly? End. Ew, and I'm sorry that they made this episode take over two hours. Well, you keep talking, Seth. It wasn't here. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Please find us on Facebook.com slash the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, on Instagram at Unmovie Podcast, dogs on Twitter at Unmovie Podcast, and email Podcast at gmail.com. We would like to hear your reviews for this and any of our movies, especially our next one, which we will find out what it is right now. Audra, next time. On the podcast. It's John's pick. For Elaine's birthday. And oh, I've given this snap. a lot of thought. I've been sitting on this movie for about nine months now. Uh-oh. And I don't know why she has never picked this movie. Because mm-hmm. it is completely underappreciated, and I guess think she's just never looked. Okay. But it's Willow. Woo! I mean, we'll see. Fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What are you going to say to Audra? Because I cut you off. Audra, please let me know about your stats for Captain Ron. Least favorite, most favorite, tertiary object. Do you also love the banana hammock? I want to know. (laughs) Okay. And if Ken hasn't seen it, please show this to Ken. I've never seen Willow, so finally someone's getting me to watch it. Wow. (laughs) Remember when I thought it was Heather's? Yeah, wow. There's oh my there can't God. be much difference. If you didn't listen to our Heather's episode, please go back and listen to the beginning where Carly informs us that she confused Willow and Heather's. So, remember Heather's? Uh-huh. Yeah, nothing like that. <laughs>